Hello. That's all you got. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. That's it. Hi. What's wrong? You well, in in my defence, Sam, you're not even playing to it now. What do you mean? You're not even. I'm just. I'm literally just saying hello to you, and you're going. Yeah. What are you playing at? Yeah. What are you? Like, doing? You're not even just being like hello. Well, no. It's <laughs> okay. So if if someone came on and went hi, mm. you would just go all right. You wouldn't go what's up. Yeah, but you didn't do that. I said, "What's going on?" Yeah, you said, "What's going on?" As you were, you were being inquisitive. You were inquisiting me. Yeah, you weren't greeting me. Well, no, I was I'm being not gre- interrogated. But I wasn't greeting you instantly. No, because you seemed in distress. <laughs> right. So what's wrong? No, I'm just like I didn't. I didn't have an intro. Right. So my only option left was just. Oh, I'm, I'm, I just have to do a sincere intro now. That wasn't sincere. It was sincere. That, that was, wasn't sincere. That was me like, oh, I'm being vulnerable. There's a difference between vulnerability and sincerity. Okay. Isn't there? Okay, which one was I doing? If you're actually feeling vulnerable, then yeah. it's sincere to behave vulnerably. Okay. But that wasn't a sincere... You, that was an affectation. No, it wasn't. It was just an affectation in the opposite direction. Well, I, I still felt a bit, like, vulnerable just going, hello... It's because you did it all stupid. No, I did it all stupid because I was feeling vulnerable. <laughs> so it is an affectation. You're not just being how you want to be. Just say hello. No, I say refuse. hello back to you. No, you can't do that. You can't go, I don't know, like, how are you? I expect the person to go, ah, oh, I'm all right. Yeah, you're right. You, the, the instinct is to go, whoa, but, what's but up? I didn't do that. No, you went, hi. Yeah. That's not normal. Okay. <laughs> is it? Guys. Can you just say hello back to me, please? No, I'm not going to do it at all now. Well, then we don't have a podcast. I think yeah. if, if we can't even say hello to each other, we're not. We're I don't know how to, we're going to cope. We're over supposed the next to be saying hello to the audience, okay? Which you haven't done. Okay. Well, what if my hello was directed at the audience? Would that make things better? Well, so I shouldn't have said anything anyway. No, like okay. So like when you, <laughs> Sam, yeah. when you when you start a podcast, yes. which you've done. Uh, like 50 odd times now? Roughly. Roughly, yeah. Well, no, about 30 odd. Don't, just, when you, when you yeah. say, when you introduce a podcast, when, yeah. you, when you start a podcast. When one or when I? When, when one. Yeah. Of which you are one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are one of the one. Yeah, but are you specifically talking about me or when one opens a podcast? All I'm saying is yes. that, like, when you say hello. Me or one? No, when, when hello is said. By me or by one? You're saying Hello. <laughs> Me or what? <laughs> Not only, like you're kind of you're saying it to like the person opposite you, the person you're hosting so you're, with. You mean one? Sure. Yes. You're saying it to the person that you're hosting with. One would do that. But it's also kind of like a greeting to the audience. That's right. Yeah. So your way of greeting the audience was going hi. Yeah. It's not a very good greeting to the audience, George. Well, neither is whatever the fuck you're doing at the moment. <laughs> I wasn't greeting them. I was trying to figure out what was wrong with you before we plowed on with a podcast. Okay. And you just you got all arsey about it. Well, because I was being vulnerable and you just you just went like, oh, I'm now going to use this opportunity now that he's weak. Hang on, hang on. spring on him. When you, and ask when you him employed the word being. Pressing though, questions. When you employed the word being for being vulnerable. Yeah. As in, you are behaving as you feel or you are acting vulnerable like behaving how i felt you feel vulnerable yeah why do you feel vulnerable because i don't have a contrived intro yeah 
<laughs> I don't you can have, just say I don't have affect and insincerity to hide behind. I just had to say hello. But it to was him. insincere. It was just a different kind of insincerity. But it was the one. It was the bad one. What was the bad one? The the the, the one that I just had. It was the worst version. Yeah, because it, it's the one where like it doesn't act as a shield. No, I can't hide. So the ineffective one. Yeah. Right. Ineffective okay. insincerity. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, why are you feeling vulnerable? Because I didn't have an intro prepared. But well, surely we're past the intro by now. Apparently not. We're only five minutes in. Oh, it's... right. <laughs> no, I d- Okay. You don't need to affect an introduction. Don't need to. Nor should you, really. But I feel more comfortable. It's a more comfortable you starting more position. You feel comfortable in an affectation. Kind of. You need a therapist. <laughs> no, broadly speaking. Right. But just like... Because it's all, this is all, there you go, this is the fun-filtered bit. It's all just an affectation, isn't it? Is it? This is. This isn't an affectation. This is what we're doing now. That I'm I like agree with you. I'm peering over the top of a microphone to speak to you. I don't not ordinarily do that. No. This is a contrived moment. Yes, yeah, somewhat, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so to meet that with contrivance mm-hmm. and affect feels more appropriate. But isn't the it's whole... like slightly more comfortable because it's like I'm coming out of the gate with a bit of confidence because I'm doing a thing, mm-hmm. and because I'm confident, that makes you as a listener more comfortable because it's like, oh, this person has a bit of confidence. I'm in safe hands. But while context dependent, isn't the whole value allure of podcasts that you get to just be sincere, or you get to just you don't have to contrive a presentation? Yeah, but that comes later. Does it? Yeah, that comes after. I mean, we also exist in a kind of vaguely postmodern ironic context where, as everyone does, where the whole idea of introducing, or the whole idea of greeting an audience hmm. is kind of seen as a bit outdated. Yeah. When, whenever any young person introduces a podcast, it's, hello and welcome to the blah, blah. Yeah. And then they deflate because you can't just do a sincere thing. Hmm. I'm not saying... And they, they have ruined me. Yeah, see, you shouldn't be ruined by them. No. Because the, the balance to strike is... Like, the more erudite podcasts, your Sam Harris's, you know, your, your history podcasts... They don't even greet you. No, they do. They go, hello, welcome to the... Well, some of them do. Podcast, and they just sound like they're greeting you, which yeah. is as it should be. But no, some, some of them don't even do that. Some of them you'll just get, you'll get a little bit of organ music and then they'll go, Bernard the 14th was the king of... Well, I don't, I don't actually listen to history podcasts. So no, not, not necessarily history, but yeah, there are yeah. some podcasts that are just like... They go you, straight into it. Yeah, if you weren't ready for this podcast at the start, you're, you've already been left behind. Right. Well, I mean, there is a fine line to walk between performativity and sincerity. Mm. I mean... What you the level you want to get to with a podcast is that it feels just like a conversation that you would have mm. with the person across the table. However, there is that part of your mind that's thinking, but this is going out to three other people. Yeah. <laughs> and this is really for them. It's not for us really. Mm. It's for them. Like if they like what we do, mm. which is basically just us being ourselves, that's the ideal. Yeah. But this isn't for us, it's for them. Mm. And so, because we, we don't have, need the microphones, we don't need the microphones. That's the thing. Like that, that, that's yeah. We can ha- we can just have these conversations. I can just come over your house, yeah, and I can just talk to you. I don't need to no no like so, fire up the podcast, right? So, well, let's hope it never comes to that. Yeah, uh, but it, I think it is incumbent upon us to some degree to at least 
welcome the audience in next to the fireplace. Okay. You know? So, so, so well, basically, the thing that I do at the start of every podcast, which is, hi, I'm Sam. Welcome to the Fun Filtered Podcast. Mm. Done. Okay. But you, but you didn't do that. No, I didn't do that. And you can't do that. Why can't you do that, George? Because that's just lame. Is it? Yeah. So what should I be doing? I don't know. Should I be know. doing it in Cantonese? Is that what I should be doing? <laughs> well, if you should did... Should I be doing it while playing a kazoo? Well, if you did, doing? then people would go, ooh, this, 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 these must be... Uh, they must be interesting fellows. Yeah, exactly. Interesting yeah. fellows. Yeah. Yeah, but to me, my taste, yeah. at the end of the day, I can only rely on my own taste for mm. what I do here. Yeah. I don't like that kind of thing. No. That, that that's insincere. Hence why you do the lame shit. Hence why I just <laughs> and I feel hence uncomfortable. Why I, I honestly just say hello to the audience yeah. and start the podcast. Okay. So now that you're acqu- <laughs> you're fully acquainted with us. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hello, Jordan. Hello, Sam. Hello, audience. Hello, audience. See, it, 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 it was hard for you to say <laughs> that, wasn't it? You can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it sillily. No. So I'm just going to put a little gap in there <laughs> right. to give it like a slightly comedic rhythm to a give the illusion yeah. that a joke was happening. Sure. Okay. This is the 59th episode of the pop- <sighs> of the pun, 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 pun. And it's showing. Yes. <laughs> I did is showing. This is the 59th episode of the Fun Filtered Podcast. We will be discussing some things today. The, them's being. We talk about the upcoming film awards. We talk about recent controversies and some surrounding issues. We review Nightmare Alley. And we review Tooth Fairy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that was the them's being. Yeah. Um, what let, we... let, let them be. Let them be. Let's start letting them be. Let's start letting them be. Yeah. Let it be. Come on, join me, George. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Whispering words of wisdom. Let it be. I'm trying to make you uncomfortable now. Well, so I'm just singing at you. <laughs> you like, are doing there's that. more vul- anything more vulnerable. I was going to. I was going to say, yeah, it's, just, yeah. Was a cappella <laughs> singing at you while making fervid eye contact? Yeah, you did not look away from me. <laughs> Let's let it be then. So, what should we start with? Oh, you don't know? No, I, I, no. Yeah, I okay. don't Okay, I have the document with the stuff. Yes, and that's why I rely on you for these things. Okay, let's talk about the awards. Which awards? All of them. Have they happened? No, no, no. The, the awards nominations. Let's oh, the awards that are awards about to nom- happen. The awards that are about to happen. I got you. Okay. None so, have happened yet, and I think by the time this comes out, none still would Yeah, have they still wouldn't have happened. They still wouldn't have happened. So... What should we start with? The well, okay, I think there's not a lot to talk about across the board. Mm. With the Directors Guild nominations, the film ones are pretty much as you'd expect. He Spielberg's your Villeneuve's. The thing that I that was most notable and exceptional about this year's raft of nominees mm. is that do you know how the DGAs work when it comes to TV nominations? Say I don't. Okay. Hypothetically. Okay, so when it, they split it into drama and comedy, mm. and then someone is nominated for an episode. It's like the Emmys. Okay. And usually you'll have, you know, one episode of Ted Lasso, one episode of Hacks, one episode of... Maybe a couple of episodes at most. Mm. Like if a show's really acclaimed, okay. a couple of Breaking Bad episodes in there. In the drama category this year, in the five slots, maybe six, but I think five... All are succession episodes. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they are all 
third season episodes of Succession. Further proof, if proof be needed, that Succession is kind of the only good thing happening at the moment Absolutely. on TV. Now, I've gone on record before. I don't like this new trend with awards yeah. that will just bulk fill the categories. Mm. If it was going to be a show, it would, I, I'm happy at Succession. Yeah, yeah. But still, it's a bit boring, in it? Because, like, okay, the individual director is still up in the air. Yeah. But we know the show that's going to win is Succession. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. And that's a bit, uh, you know. Are they good episodes, the ones that they've nominated? I mean, they're all good, aren't they? They're all good, they're all good. but, uh, like... I think they're pretty arbitrary. I mean, it's it's the finale. Well, um, yeah, of course. Yeah. The party, Kendall's party. Yeah, that feels like a like a directing episode. Yeah, I think the one where um it's the conference and they're all, like, in the back room. I yeah. think that one might win. I think it might be the finale just because it's the easiest. They they always give it to the finale or the pilot or the... I, unless I suppose, it's a very exceptional episode. But that feels like the... That feels like such a pivotal episode. The, yeah. Like, obviously, the finale is pivotal going forward. It's going to, like, mm-hmm. the whole next season is going to be in the shadow it's of what happens. It's going to pivot on it. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be in the shadow of what happens in that finale. Yeah. But, it, like, season three itself feels like it really orbits around that. Uh, conference. Yeah, yeah. Everything is building up to that, and then everything that happened was as a result of that. The thing is, they're pretty lazy when it comes to, like, deciding who wins, even who's nominated. I mean, it's pretty lazy to nominate succession across the board. But, like, so with Breaking Bad, say that final chunk of eight, wasn't it? Mm. I think Felina was nominated, and maybe one other one. And it's not a badly directed episode, but it was nominated because A, it was the finale, and yeah. B, it was Vince Gilligan. So they got to nominate Vince uh, Gilligan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't actually look at those and go, what is the best directed episode of this? I think at the Writers Guild, um, Confessions won episodic dra- drama, and that's the one where Jesse makes the tape, you know, for Hank, where he confesses everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ozymandias didn't even win. It, so it, it, right, like, it, okay. It's kind yeah. of arbitrary to some extent. I see what you're saying. Um, but I thought that was worth mentioning. Okay. The BAFTAs. The BAFTAs. A lot more straightforward okay. this year. The director category now seems to be the one that's all, like, you know, it could be anything. It's a complete okay. chaotic... Is this the one that's been hit the most by... Um, diversity. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty racially diverse, and I think half of them are women. Okay. So that might be the quota, is half of the directors must be women. Okay. One is a film called Titan, which did very well critically. Mm-hmm. And still a weird norm, but like, okay. One is Jane Campion, who will win. Fine. She was always in the running. And one is a film called... I can't even remember the... Happening, I think it's called. Okay. I haven't even heard of it. Right. I'm not... It hasn't come out in the UK yet. Mm. That's the irritating thing about BAFTA. Yeah. Is, I know I adhere to UK release schedule for my awards. You go by the first release anywhere internationally. Mm. But the BAFTAs should adhere to the British <laughs> if, release schedule. If there schedule. was any, yeah. any rule you stuck by it, at the BAFTAs. Yeah, because look, the Oscars, you know, I guess sometimes they nominate films that have screened at um, selected venues that haven't hit the multiplexes yet. Yeah. But at least some people have seen them. You know, like BAFTA, because we usually get the oscar movies in Feb, March mm. time, by the time the BAFTAs roll around, usually most people haven't even seen the films that win. Yeah. And that's it's a good promotion for the film to then go and see it. Mm. But I just don't think that's the way to do it, is you want to be sitting on your couch vying for somebody to win it because yeah. you like the film. I mean, the only really good thing that I can remember from this year's nominations is that 
boiling point is up for British film. But that's kind of irritating, though, because that's a 2022 film. Uh, for everyone. Yeah. I think, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure you, it's... For, for you, it's 2022. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. So is it a case of the nomination period is not the year of 2021, but it's February 2021 to... February 2022. They did that last year because of COVID. Mm. They extended it a bit to... Mo- but I was thinking, but what does that mean anyway? Because you don't f- go within the rules of... I don't know how BAFTA operates. No. I don't know what the rules are. Uh, but yeah, Boiling Point is up. Stephen Graham is up. That's the best thing about... Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. It's just, it's not... It's, it's not the, the right year. that came out. Yeah. yeah, it's not the right year. It could, be, it could be worse, though. I think the Game Awards are pretty bad for um, just nominating stuff. Like, they'll nominate stuff that was like popular right that year even though it came out in a different year i think i brought it up like among us which of course is like a huge thing now big meme everyone plays it right um that came out in 2018 yeah but it won best multiplayer at the 2020 awards so was was it nominated at previous ceremonies for anything no i'm pretty sure like when it came out it just like nobody played it so it didn't okay. even get recognized at the awards and then 2 years later it wasn't even as if it was like, oh, now it's been released on new platforms, so we'll nominate that port. Mm-hmm. It was the mobile version, which is the original version. Yeah. But that, yeah, that got, that so, won an award two years after it came out. So has it ever been the case that an award, a game has been nominated in different years? I don't know if Or is it one and case. done? Like GTA Five, it would have been nominated in 2013. Mm. But, you know, say it wasn't. And then it got nominated in 2015. Does that mean it can't get nominated again? It's possible. Like, yeah, off the top of my head, um, I I brought up Persona 5 like a few episodes ago, quite a few episodes ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think later on I mentioned that there was like a a slightly different version of it called Persona 5 Royal. Right. Where it's like the same game, but there's like more content in it. And Mm -hmm. like, uh, there's like an additional chapter at the end that you can unlock if you meet certain conditions. Okay. So in the year that Persona 5 came out, it was nominated for Game of the Year. Mm -hmm. And in the year that Persona 5 Royal came out, it was nominated for Best RPG. Well, okay. That's all right. That's okay. That's that's fine. Even though like 90% of the game is exactly the same. You know, where do you draw? The the thing is, right, awards are dumb. Anyway, (laughs) the concept of awards is dumb. Yeah. It's all subjective. There is no best film. Mm. Everyone has their own opinion, whatever. But if we're going to do them... At least set up some rules. <laughs> Let's do them properly. Do you know what I mean? It. Like, at least be consistent. Yeah. Like, no. If if you're the ba- if you're the British Academy of Film, yeah, right, then you January first to December thirty first, the film has to be in a cinema. Yes. That's it. Well, that's the rule with the Oscars, isn't it? Yeah. The film... Yeah, I, in, in Los Angeles, I think. Yeah. Oh, but they've expanded it now because they include streaming. Well, okay. But for the yeah. longest time, yeah. the condition yeah. Yeah. was the film has to play for a week in a Los Angeles cinema yeah. if it is to be eligible for an Oscar. Right. A Which good is rule of something. Thumb. Yeah. yeah, it's something. It's something. I mean, you got, you got instances where they would release the film in like one cinema... Just to qualify. Just to qualify. Yeah, yeah. Which is a bit like, they're cheating a little bit there. Right, yeah. But yeah, at least it's something. But them's the rules, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, Stephen Graham was the only noteworthy thing from, everything else is pretty much as expected. In terms of the good stuff, yeah, I think Stephen Graham was like the one, like, oh, I'm glad that that happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, In terms of the bad. Yeah. How the fuck did the Matrix Resurrections get a Best Visual Effects nomination? Did it get an Oscar nomination as well? Not an Oscar, it nomination. Didn't get the Oscar nomination. No, Free Guy weirdly got nominated for both. It yeah. got a BAFTA nod and it got an Oscar nod for visual effects. Yeah, which like, yeah, it's an effects-heavy film, but I think that's it. 
I think because it's it's an obviously effects-driven film. It's like uh, Baby Driver getting nominated for editing or Sound of Metal winning but, for sound. But the Suicide Squad didn't get recognised that either. Well, that's not as obvious. I'm not saying... One of the characters is purely CG. <laughs> the best character is well, purely and, CG. And, and the starfish. And the giant starfish is purely yeah. CG. No, it should have been. And it's a, the effects are great. Yeah. But they're lazy. They're lazy. Like Free Guy, oh, it's a video game. Yeah, yeah, effects. Fine. That, that'll well do. Is That's what no, I like. Is there no one... Is there like nobody there? Yeah. Who 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 knows a guy like a visual <laughs> effects guy? Yeah. Be like you, visual effects guy. What was good this year? Well, don't, isn't the way they do it that like the actual practitioners in the industry are the ones that vote in the category? I'm pretty sure that's a thing. I don't see how any so the visual effects people, any working professional visual effects artist would say yeah. Matrix Resurrections was one of the best five visual effects things that happened this I year. I could be wrong. I don't know. But I heard something about that. Because okay. that would also mean that editors thought the Bohemian Rhapsody was one of the five. Yeah. That's not... Didn't it win? It won. It won as well. Yeah, it yeah. fucking won. Yeah. Yeah, editors thought, yeah, that's the best edited film of the year. I, I'm not convinced they did. I'm no. convinced they did it as a, as a prank. I think they were bought. I think Brian May bought. I mean, yeah, that, that's that's the line. That's like yeah. the like. Oh yeah, they told you know. Do, I don't know that. Yeah, just the risk of libel. I don't know that. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's like theory. like the quote unquote conspiracy theorist line is that the award was the awards were bought yes. by Brian May. If not, yeah, they just did it because they were like. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if Bohemian Rhapsody we trolled won? the Oscars? Yeah, because yeah. no one would know. No one would know. Only, we're editors. Only editors. Oh, yeah. yeah, nobody knows what bad editing is. Yeah, we'll o- know. Only people who really love film mm. and editors who don't care about the Oscars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe. It maybe. Was a no, prank. this is actually coming together in my brain now. Oh god! Because was it was that the same year that the Academy announced that they were um, they were not going to show editing at the ceremony? Possibly. They weren't going to... like the, the ex- I don't know. The award know. acceptance was going to be relegated to uh, during commercial breaks. So it wouldn't even get shown on TV. Yeah, maybe. So maybe they thought... Fuck well, them. yeah, if they're, if they're not going to fucking see it. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it, Bohemian Rhapsody. That'll show them. Well, it's like the Emmys. They, um, you know, they have the Creative Arts Emmys. And yeah. then they have the Primetime Emmys, mm. right? Okay, there's a lot of categories. Yeah. You can't do it in one night. And no one wants to watch outstanding choreography for a half hour program like yeah. there are so many there are hundreds well not hundreds but more than a hundred mm. awards right and yeah people only care about actor actress etc not even writing but that that's in the primetime Emmys mm. but animated program is in the creative arts Emmys that's worthy of being in the primetime Emmy surely certainly now yeah like maybe I don't know but even like like the Simpsons. Everyone loves The Simpsons. Yeah, like, but but like twenty years ago, maybe. Yeah. Okay. The, it, it wouldn't have it was like a, a bit more arid. Yeah. But it's like still. You, you've got The Simpsons and yeah, you know. Well, now twenty years ago, like you'd Futurama, have Futurama and everything. Yeah, yeah. maybe because um, twenty years ago now is two thousand and two. Well, don't say <laughs> things like that. Yeah, Tw- to me, twenty years ago is nineteen eighty. Yeah, <laughs> it is twenty years. Yeah, ago, exactly. It will always be the eighties. Oh, somebody there was like a thing online. I I don't watch the Super Bowl. Nor am I interested in watching the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I know Eminem did the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, yeah, and he knelt for a minute. He knelt for a minute. Yeah, yeah well, that's that, that wasn't the reason I was bringing no, it up. No, no, like, no. <laughs> I was bringing it up because I think it was a lot of artists in that vein. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of like M- people who listen to Eminem would also listen to these people. I think there was a lot of throwback, um, a lot of 90s hip-hop yeah. and, and rap 
stars, yeah. Yeah, and I think there was a there was like a tweet that had gone round that was like going viral where somebody said, "Oh, it, you know, when when I saw the Super Bowl halftime show, I thought, oh, it's really nice that they're showing like more up to date music rather than catering to old people like they usually do." Mm. And then it hit me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was noughties nostalgia. Noughties mm. and 90s nostalgia. That's what that we're getting there now. Like, yeah. That's where we're at. Yeah, all I know is that he knelt for a minute that um, Mary J. Blige, I think, performed. I don't know what that is. She's like an R&B star in her 50s now. Okay. Uh, Dr. Dre, I think he, maybe Snoop Dogg. Um, yeah, they were skewing a bit more to the older okay. crowd. Biggie Cheese, is that a person? Biggie Cheese. Yeah. Um, there's Chuck E. Cheese. Was Chuck e. Was Chuck e. Cheese there? Was Ch- I think Chuck E. Cheese was there, yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, he, yeah he, cool. He, he did a number. <laughs> uh, no, you laugh, yeah. he does, like, he does actually have... He he's a songs, musician, does he? right? Is Chuck E. Cheese a musician? Yeah. What does he play? Oh, he's, I think he's a vocalist. He's either a vocalist or he's a guitarist. Oh, okay. Because he's the, the main guy. Is he an acoustic? You're not going to have the main guy play bass, are you? What do you mean? that He's not in a band, is he? Yeah, I'm sure he is. Chuck E. Cheese is in a band? Yeah, right? What is Chuck E. Cheese? Or is it... What's the other one? There's Chuck E. Cheese and then there's like another one. Ronald McDonald? No, no, no. Um, Like the anim- like an animatronic one. Bruce the Bear. No, Bruce... I don't think Bruce <laughs> was... Um, no, it's not American. Was a robot. I d- I'm not sure. Because the thing is, Showbiz Pizza... Yeah. I hadn't heard of that before Red Letter Media, so I don't know if they're like okay. another... I don't know how big the chain is over mm-hmm. there. But I'd, I'd heard of Chuck E. Cheese. I've heard of Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I feel like there's another children-oriented family eatery Yeah, that's not springing to mind. Because, like, fi- obviously Five Nights at Freddy's is based off that kind of yes. stuff. Yeah. At the beginning, like, at the beginning of that franchise, everybody was saying, like, oh, Chuck E. Cheese-style animatronics. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure he's in a band. Why are you sure he's in a band? Because what everything we just said did not lead to. So yeah, I'm sure he's in a band. <laughs> so, no, because like yeah, because because he he sings the kids. Okay, and I'm sure he's got like a because uh, strums it out. Does he? Is he? Yeah, <laughs> strums it out yeah. in front of the kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in Five Nights at Freddy's, they're a band. Okay, and I think Showbiz Pizza are a band. What kind well. of band are they? Just like a just a, just a band, like a kind of um, Wiggles. Pipe setter. Yeah, oh, like okay. one's, one's got a little guitar, strumming it out in front of like the kids. Like a ukulele, yeah. One's doing vocals. Yeah. I think another one's also doing vocals. And one's got a pair of cymbals. Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Okay, yeah. okay. Or tambourine. Okay, well, I don't know what that was. I show, it shows how, like, interesting the nominees are this year. <laughs> like, <laughs> we ended up talking about Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Oscars. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese was a uh, thingy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Oscar noms. I think pretty straightforward down the line I, li- I literally don't remember them I, I'm, I'm being completely honest yeah with you. the only thing I remember is when the, the Oscar nominations were announced we were in a pub yeah and so on the TV they were playing like BBC News right and obviously BBC News were like oh like the Oscar nominations were announced mm-hmm. isn't that something mm-hmm. and it cut to like footage of a, of, a, of a female critic I'd never heard of and will probably never hear of again mm-hmm. um, that wasn't a threat it's just like I have no idea who she is <laughs> yeah 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 and she was going, well, you, it's weird. They've they've extended the they've they've increased the amount of best film nominations to ten. Yeah, and yet no time to die in Spider Man No Way Home, nowhere to be seen. The only thing I could think is that she was pandering, because the thing that they they're adding this year is I don't think it's an award per se. Yeah, but the public can vote on their favorite film of twenty twenty one, and they will uh, announce it. Okay. at the ceremony. That's another thing that the Game Awards do. Actually, they do best game, and then they do. Uh, public choice or whatever it's called that's Players fine choice, like that's fine Isn't it? but the thing is there are people's choice awards like yeah 
it's not for the people. <laughs> anyway, no. But that's the whole thing of the Oscars. It's not for the people. Like, this is a, a, a cheap ploy to try and get them watching. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe they'll say Spider-Man was the best film of the... You know, I can see this being hijacked. I mean, just pick <laughs> pick a terrible film. Yeah. And we'll get a campaign to make it the best film of the year okay, at the Oscars. What was the Kevin James film that we tried to and then... Just Home Team. Home Team. Yeah, yeah. Home Team is the Home best team. film of 2021. Yeah. Even though it didn't even come out in 2021. Well, I, it's at the point for me now where... With a couple of things. So the awards, you know, they're the types of films that get nominated. And The Power of the Dog seems to be the one mm. winning everything. Mm. And I think maybe either the film or Jane Campion beat the record for most awards won for right. a film across a season. Okay. And you haven't seen it, have you? No. It's Should per- I? No. This okay. thing, it's perfectly decent. Okay. It's a, it's a fine film, a, a good, well-made fine film about two brothers Jesse Plemons Bandit Cumberbatch Cumberbatch is, is an alcoholic unwashed prick right. and Plemons is a nice guy Plemons falls in love with Kirsten Dunst she has a kid um, and then over the course of the film the kid and Cumberbatch form a friendship mm. and you you kind of find out that Cumberbatch is gay basically Right, it's like a broke back mountain that's why he's grizzled and kind of because he's gay he's, he's closetedly gay with, with the kid? no not with a kid okay. but it's implied that relationship might be have a, have a pederastic not pederastic because I'm not sure how old the kid is yeah actually yeah probably is you know it's that <laughs> he's his mental friend but maybe there's something else maybe it's like he sees a young him in him or it's not clear. the film picks sees the current him in she's him. the current him in him it, there's a dark it go has a dark tone it's mm. kind of you know it's an awardsy film but it's winning everything and okay. it will win best picture it'll win best director and it's the kind of thing I watch and go oh yeah and then all of a sudden it's the the front runner mm. and I just don't know anymore yeah. I just I can't tell anymore it's that and with controversy my barometer for controversy is just completely out of whack now right my radar doesn't ping anymore okay so you know Joe Rogan's in trouble I guess we could segue to this oh yeah yeah. there's nothing to say, about, nothing the Oscars, to say right? about the Oscars um, Joe Rogan has been mired in controversy for first the vaccines mm. for having people on the podcast who are skeptics I'm not a vaccine skeptic just put that out there okay um the second for using the n-word in context mm. years ago and that he did a podcast with Jordan Peterson okay and so there was something controversial about that I watched the three and a half four hours of that mm. and even you know when you, you're listening to something you can pick up they start talking about race and you go ooh that's going to be controversial yeah even if you don't personally think it is I didn't get anything from listening to that conversation right that would go ooh that's going to that's going to cause some trouble mm. but it did I have no idea anymore. There's a film that's just come out, a documentary called The Real Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. It is what it says on the 10 documentary about him. And he, I think he had like a couple of teenage wives throughout his life. Mm. I'm not sure. I can't remember how old they were. But I watched that film and I went, oh, yeah, it was a, that was a decent documentary. And then a friend of ours sent me a screenshot. Should we cancel Charlie Chaplin? Uh, because he'd been married to right. should we erase him from history basically okay. I remember thinking like it, just, it doesn't even occur to me anymore yeah it's it's that parodic mm. and ridiculous I just I don't know anymore it's like that thing with, with um, what was her name Lindsay Ellis you know I told you about that that YouTuber Lindsay Ellis was she the one that made the film no no no, no she's, she's a film critic she used to uh, like 
make content for Nostalgia Critic. Okay. And then she kind of broke off and started doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. Became very uh, left-leaning <clears throat> film critic. Everything was through like a feminist lens sure. and uh, white privilege and all that kind of stuff. And she, she tweeted a tweet about Raya and the Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. And it ended her career. Oh, yeah, you mentioned her, yeah. And I read the tweet. And I can't, for the life of me, figure out how this is like worthy of ending someone's career. Okay. I'm going to see if I can find it now. Okay. Because I can't remember where I sent it to you, but I'm going to find it. Well, everything's through that lens. I was doing like a four-week online writing course, and the second lesson was about cultural appropriation. Right. So okay. we hadn't even covered like the fundamentals. It was for beginners, you know. Yeah. Uh, but they hadn't even co- covered the fundamentals. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, only like, stay in your lane, basically. Mm. Like, write what you know about. Like, maybe this person has more of a right to talk. That theme will recur. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So, what's the tweet? This is the tweet from Lindsay Ellis. Um, also watched Raya and the Last Dragon. And I think we need to come up with a name for this genre that is basically Avatar The Last Airbender Reduxes. Right. It's like half of all YA fantasy published in the last few years anyway. Okay, Knee jerk. The only two that is the most uncontroversial tweet in the history of tweets. Yeah, I'm not even entirely sure what she's like. Like, I don't know what she thinks of the film. I think no. Well, it seems to be that comment seems to be irrespective of whatever her opinion of the film is. Yeah, that's like an uh, that's a extraneous observation. Yeah, knee jerk thing. Things that occur to me as to how that could be controversial in some universe mm. is that she's downplaying the significance of what the film means politically. Because it's, you know, it's... What does Raya and the Last Dragon mean politically? Well, I think they're, they're minorities, aren't they? Aren't the characters ethnic minorities? Well, the dragons? No, no, the human characters. Oh, right, okay. So because it's... Oh, yeah, well, I'm assuming it's all, like, Asian iconography and stuff. Yeah, so just because it's important, quote-unquote... Okay. Making that kind of criticism is seen as in bad taste Disney look, I, it's not it's this Disney is the only movie. thing I can think of yeah or the other thing is along the same lines is because she said it's an Avatar Lost Airbender rip off she's saying that they're all Asian and the same and uh, right that's the, th- that is the more likely option I would say is that by it's like she just conflates all Asian but the fact is there are similarities between them it's like half- it's like saying we, we have to have a we have to name we have to think of a genre for kung fu films. Right. The kung fu films. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like, yeah, they are. They do have a thread running through them. Yeah, but Avatar The Last Airbender Redux is not a suitable genre, subgenre name. No. Like, she's identifying a subgenre here, or she's positing, like, yeah, I, she's I believe saying, this subgenre exists. Yeah, she's saying we need to think of a subgenre in which those two films exist. Yeah, and all films like that. And films like that. But that's, that's the only thing I can think of that's wherein the criticism would be. Is, oh, films like that, what what are you trying to say? Films like that? I, I don't know. Yeah, but Asian oh, oh Asian films. No, we not, need to pigeonhole them, do not we? Not Asian films. Like I this is the thing. I've seen neither Avatar the Last Bearbender nor Raya and the Last Dragon. I've so seen I'm, Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm really not in a position to like th- theorize what she meant by this. Yeah. Um and also well, I'm not Nor Mike is not yeah, insane. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not insane. Yeah, I'm not an ideological lunatic. Um, but also, yeah, I'm 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 a white patriarchal man, cisgendered, cisgendered patriarchal man, straight. Of course, a straight cisgendered patriarch, able-bodied, able-bodied patriarchal man. Yeah, for the most part. 
<laughs> no, that would give me... No, able-bodied for the most part. Yeah, but that would give me points. We do have some points. And I have no points. Do I have points? Everyone has some points. It's just some have very, very few. Right. I have some points. Okay. You have some points. We oh. both have glasses. Oh, okay. Oh, does it, is, do, do they earn you points? Like very... Yeah, but you're talking like two. When being black... <laughs> two points. It, two points from being black gives you a million. Oh, so this is like a completely uneven... Oh, the, yeah. the scoring system is fucked. Is oh, what yeah, you're completely. Saying. <laughs> right, completely, yeah. okay. Yeah, so yeah, like, oh, it's like, oh, he's going to mansplain, like, what she actually meant. That's why oh, I Oh, don't saying. even bother guarding. What, what, what's the thing we came up with ages ago? Oh, the Eric Weinstein thing? Yeah, uh, all usual caveats. Yeah, all usual caveats. Yeah. Crack on. Yeah, so, I, like, I, I genuinely don't know what she could have said by this, but I'm assuming they, they're, like, it's like a sports movie, right? Where every yeah. sports movie, it's the same story every time. Because Basically. What, because what the fuck story can you tell in, in the confine of a sport? Right. Either it's Rocky, or it's Space Jam. Or Raging Bull. Or Raging Bull. That's the third type, yeah. Yeah, it, there's, it's those three. Yeah. Your sport movie is going to be one of those things, and there's nothing you can do about it. Absolutely. Um, so presumably, Raya and the Last Dragon and Avatar The Last Airbender share, like, striking narrative screenplay similarities. Yeah. Well, they do just share. Th- there are th- there. I can think of other movies like that. Like know, even like, the like even if it, if she is saying like oh, there's iconography that's similar between the two. Like yeah, okay. Well, that's still a valid. Yeah, this is what this is how you identify a subgenre. You look at a thing, mm-hmm. and you look at another thing, and you go, oh, those two are doing a very similar thing. Yeah, they are now a group. Yeah, but this is yet another example of the left's incestuous diet. But I thought they, they just liked, eat their own all the time. Yeah, but I thought the left liked groups. It's like, oh, like we found this new group of people that we can give a voice to. It's one of the many, many contradictions, isn't it? Is that whenever you see someone railing against a particular thing, they often they are ostensibly speaking on behalf of a group. Mm. No one elected them to speak on behalf of that group. What's that video? I can't and, remember. But also, they resent if you if anyone said you people. Well, what on earth does that mean? Yeah. You know, it's you just can't win. It might have been a Steven Crowder video, or it was shown on Steven Crowder, but yeah, there's that video of, like, there's a bunch of white people, university students, basically, like, blocking the road in protest of something. Yeah. Um, like, in, in support of black people. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it is they're, they're protesting, but yeah, they basically block the road. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're doing this on behalf of black people. And there's a black guy that, like, walks up to them and he's like, I'm late for my work. I'm yeah, late for yeah. work. Uh, yeah, yeah. You've blocked the. I can't get on the bus. Yeah. And she's like, "We're doing this for, for you." <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. He's like, "I don't care. I want to go to work." Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another video like that. I think it's in Liverpool where there's a there's a guy protesting for BLM and a, a white guy mm. and a black guy just walks up and goes, "Hey, what the fuck do you think you're doing? There's no need for this. There's no need for it." And just gets into a debate with him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hooray. Yeah. Hooray for. Yeah, they're people. out there. Speaking of all that. Speaking of all that? Yeah, all that. Back to Joe Rogan. Oh, right, and, yeah. And, and that. Um, do you think it's ever acceptable to use the N-word yeah. as, as a white person? Yeah. What would those contexts be? Um, really, like, off the top of my head, just talking about it. Sure. The use of the word. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, where, like if, it be, if it becomes necessary. Mm-hmm. So whether you're talking about it in like a, uh, this all sounds kind of wanky, but like if you're talking about it in an academic context yeah, yeah, or just yeah. in kind of like in a... Or literary context. A literary context. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like reading a book where if you're reading To Kill a Mockingbird or... Yeah. It's like, oh, we, I, oh, so I just, I can't 
fully yeah. analyze to kill a mockingbird anymore right right so there are contexts in which yeah there are absolutely contexts um because i think joe rogan every time he used the word it was in context he was either talking about its use or quoting a rap lyric mm. or something like that um i i just think of that Remember Kendrick Lamar invited the woman up on the stage to rap his song? Yeah. And she said it, and he's like, no, 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 you can't do that. Mm. That's just, it's just odious to me. That's just disgusting. It's like, yeah, that feels almost like the Charlie Brown thing. Where it's like, you put, yeah. you put the football put the down football and, and then pull it away. Yeah. He's like, oh, look at this intolerant woman. Absolutely, yeah. And I just, I was talking with my father about it yesterday. And he's a bit of a weird one when it comes to these things. I said, do you think it's offensive? Like, if you were black, would you be... I, don't, I know it's hard to answer, but would you mm. be offended if somebody called you? He said no, right? He said I just wouldn't think anything of it. Did, oh, sorry, did you ask him if uh, if someone called him that sincerely? I just... Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. Okay. If someone, like, threw that insult at you. Right. He said no. And I said, well, okay, what do you regard as the worst? I said, let's just say... I don't know, I was 15 or something. And, you know, you as my father, you kind of just like, you pushed me to the side or something. And I went, well, you're a paedophile. Mm. Would that, he said, yeah, I would think that deeply offensive. And I said, really? Mm. This, this is kind of a tangent. But I said, that's, I said, there's a difference between that and someone leveling that accusation at mm. you. And he was like, no, I would take that. He said, my brother, he's got a pigeon chest. My uncle, he's got a pigeon chest. Mm. He said, when they were kids, their sister called him a freak. He said, they didn't talk for years after that. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, okay, I understand that. I think if I was him, I would take that word. I would be offended as well. Mm. Now, it's hard to think of if I was black, what would I think? Because maybe you'd think differently. Yeah. I think that's racist mm. in a way to even posit that because I thought it either does matter or it doesn't. You know, either makes a difference or it doesn't. Mm. If I was black, I would have probably been called that at some point, I'm sure, either in jest, by a friend, who, who knows that I wouldn't sincerely, take it to heart. Yeah. Or indeed sincerely. Uh, I'm sure I would. I'm sure that every black person of a certain age has been called it in some context. Mm. And it's horrible. And I would never call a black person that, mm. ever. And I think if I was... I think if I was black and someone called me that in a non... You know, non-intraracial um, uh, way. Mm. Because they, they call each other that a lot. In America, mm. especially. Not in that context. It's a white guy just calling you that word. I am torn between one of two responses. One would be, well, culture has told us that's the worst thing you can call anybody, mm. regardless of, like, in, in the Olympics of words. Yeah. That's the worst. That's the worst thing you can call somebody. So, right, they mean business. I should be offended by that. Mm. Or equally, well, they've used the word they know society's deemed the worst. Therefore, they're just trying to hurt me. Mm. I shouldn't take them seriously. Well, all I could possibly do, yeah, is 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 find the parallel. Well, there isn't one. No, there isn't one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's like a terrible word. Yeah, it's almost without equal. Like maybe like if you were in, yeah, like the equivalent for a different minority. Yeah, like obviously it wouldn't mean anything if you call if you if he called an Asian person. Say it. No. No, say it. No. Say it. I refuse. You. This is this is the problem, though. This is the problem. Yeah. Okay, it is a tightrope walk, yeah. right, between being Tarantino, who just likes it, clearly, mm. and is kind of fetishized using it. Yeah. I don't think he's racist in any way whatsoever. No. I think he just would like to be it. 
Mm. I think he'd like to be a black guy. Mm. Though if you hear him talk, he kind of has the kind of street. He sort of affects. He has that lilt sort of, in his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he grew up on black exploitation movies. He's not. I don't think he has a racist bone in his body, right? Mm. But that's like uh, rein it in a bit. Mm. You know what I mean? But then there's also like there's just you you we started this conversation by you admitting there were contexts in which that word was acceptable. Mm. If this isn't one of those contexts, no, I don't know. It, what it is. is one of those contexts. Yeah. This doesn't mean that I'm comfortable saying it. No. But why not though? Why aren't you comfortable saying it? I don't think there should be any pro you shouldn't be uncomfortable at all saying it in certain contexts. No. I know it, it lands with a certain power and it carries a certain power. It's not a word that you should use flippantly. No. But when you're talking about it, you should be able to say it. Yeah. And say it with comfort. Mm. We're talking about the use of the word nigger. Mm. Why can't I say that? Why can't I say that? Because mm. it's a cop-out as well. We've talked about this before. When they're on the news saying he used the N-word. Oh, for God's sake. We're adults. Yeah. We're adu- you can say what the word is. Mm. It doesn't have a magical power. It's not going to turn people racist if they hear it. Mm. If they're not already. You, you know what I mean? I just... I think it's ridiculous. And I, I know... Again, all usual caveats. People could say, there's not a black person here with us. We are not black. But that shouldn't make a damn bit of difference. When Sam Harris released his podcast talking about the George Floyd protests, he said, I could have got one of my black intellectual friends in here to say exactly what I'm saying. Mm. But that would have been a cop-out. I should be able to say it myself. I totally agree with that. Mm. There's a time and a place. And I think this is the time and the place. Well, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, no, no, Sam. I'm not going to force you to say it. Yeah. But this is my problem with it. Yeah. Is we should be able to have an intellectual grown-up conversation about the use of the word. Mm. And, okay, we're not linguistics professors, nor are we the smartest people in the world. But we're not idiots. And we're capable of having that conversation about it. Mm. I think. And I w- so the reason I bring all this up, obviously the Joe Rogan thing is broiling and boiling at the minute but i've been watching kind of the backlog of uh youtube clips of politically incorrect with bill maher right okay um that was the the precursor to real time yeah and it was him and four guests they would just sit on the stage and they would just talk Mm. and it's not a perfect format because people are often talking over each other and it's not as controlled as real time is Mm. but that has a certain or you know authenticity to it and there was an episode where Sarah Silverman was on because she had made a joke. And the, the joke was, um, it's, it's a joke about getting out of jury duty. Mm. And she got the letter and she's like, oh, I feel like I, should, I need to write something that's going to disqualify me. I tell you, I, and, and her friend said, why don't you write, I hate chinks? Okay. And, and she said, no, I don't want people to think I'm racist. I, I'll write, I love chinks. Yeah. Right. And kind of like pokes her head like, ah, oh, good, yeah. great idea. That's the joke. Mm. Now, I think that's a quite funny joke mm-hmm. that has a point. Yes. Right? Yeah. What would you say is the point of that joke? What does that illustrate? Um, well, the, the sort of, like, irony of it is that she hasn't actually corrected the problematic part of the statement. Right. So, that, like, you and you can't love Chinese people if you're using that word. <laughs> yeah, you can, right? yeah, call right? them what they... That's yeah. the joke. It's, it's the ignorance of... Because the, the you know the fact that she punctuates it with a tap to the, the noggin like that, ah, I'm a clever one. Yeah, it's the arrogance and the ignorance of the person. Yes, right. It's not a racist joke. No, it's about an ignorant racist, I suppose, or like a casual. Yeah, doesn't really know what they're th- talking about. Right. She made that joke. So she's on politically incorrect with 
an African-American actress, David Spade. It, it was, <laughs> they were always bizarre lineups. Yeah. And an, uh, I think his name is Guy Aoki. He, he was an Asian-American uh, civil rights dude. Mm. He, he was the head of an organization. And he was on there just to like berate her and say, you shouldn't have used the word, whatever. And she was trying to defend it. But at no point did they even talk about the context of the joke. Right. right? They didn't even talk about it. Um, or what the point of it is. They just talk about the use of the word. And she says, I use my comedy to shine a light on racial issues and blah, blah. Do the same thing about Jews. I've said nigger on Conan O'Brien. I don't think she, she might have said the N-word on the show. but mm. And then the, the black actress says, you said the N-word on Conan O'Brien and they let it air. She says, yeah, you can check. I can get you the tape. And what was most interesting about it? Now, it was a heated exchange. It was ridiculous on some level. Mm. Didn't agree with 50% of the people there. Bill Maher was obviously with Silverman. He was like, there is a context. David Spade, to be fair, was like, comedy offends or it doesn't and you move on. Like, black uh, black comedians make a joke, make jokes about white people all the time and said, I don't love that, but they can do it. And then it was pointed out, I think kind of rightly, there are two different historical contexts. It's not the same. Like, mm. if a black person calls us crackers or honkies, it's just it's not the same as when you call a black person that, right? Mm. Um, and Bill Maher made that point. He said, but to, I got to be fair to it. I think this was 2000, 2001. He said, turn on the radio, and I'm quoting him here, but also, it's fine, okay? <laughs> he said, I turn on the radio, nigger, 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 nigger. That's all I hear on the rap. Uh, stations, people come up to me and they say, Bill, you a nigger. So what am I supposed to like, not be offended by that? Like, yeah. oh, you can't say that word to me? He said, my mother saw the, uh, NWA and said, what does that stand for? And I've got to say, it's something with attitude. Mm. And he was saying, it's ridiculous. It's been co-opted by the black community mm. as a way of, you know, and then this actress pointed out that she doesn't like it even when black people use it because they don't know the history. Mm. And he was saying, words change, they evolve, as of course they do. But the most stunning thing about that program was that white people on there and the Asian guy, they were saying nigger fairly frequently. Yeah. And the black actress, she was a, a light-skinned but African-American, mm. was okay with it. Mm. Wasn't okay with the use of the word generally speaking. Mm. But at one point, Bill Maher looks into the camera and says, to our sponsors, or like to ABC, yeah. this is a discussion about language and about race, Okay. Don't bleep it. You're going to look ridiculous. Just let us have the frank adult conversation. And the black actress, who I didn't agree with a shred, mm. was the first to say, this is the context to be having that conversation. Mm. I was like, can you imagine now a debate show where you could use that word when you're talking about the word? Yeah. Can you think? Can you even imagine the possibility of well, It wouldn't happen. It just simply wouldn't yeah. happen. It just shows how much uh, conversation retards over time. Well, that's the thing. What is different between 2001 and now. Have things got worse for black people? No. No, I don't know. No, at all. No. Like, in terms of racial, you know, mm. racism and stuff like that. No way. You've had a black president since then, and that does mean something. Mm. Things are not worse for black people in terms of white people's attitudes towards them. You had a them. black president that served the full eight years. Yes, right? it's Re not as if re elected. They, yeah, it's not as if they yeah. voted him out of office, like, right, that was a mistake. No, he served the maximum amount of time. Absolutely. And um, they, they all shrug that off, though. And when I say they, I mean the activists. They shrug it off and they say, yeah. oh, but that doesn't mean anything. It's like when people say, I'm not racist because some of my best friends are black. Yeah. That actually is good evidence that you're not a racist. <laughs> That's not like a... You shouldn't laugh at that. It's because what they do... If you make a... If you, like, meme of, of or, like 
if you clicheize yeah. that argument and you laugh at it straight away, it takes away its power. It's like, like, no, but it has power. No, it, it's like when people set up like fail states in an argument for you to kind of right. trap you within. Sure. When they go, um, someone says, don't get so aggressive. Mm-hmm. You go, I'm not getting aggressive. Yes. And it makes you aggressive, therefore you've lost the argument. Or, or when they come over and they go, um, I don't know, wa- water is red. And you go, no, it's not. And they go, well, why do you even care? Why are you getting agitated about it? <laughs> you just walked over to me and said, yeah. water's red. That's, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's that. Yeah. Um, but that, that is a valid argument, you know, I would say. But the point is, things haven't got worse for, for black people. I would say two things have changed fundamentally. Mm. Everyone has a camera phone and social media exists. Yeah. Those are the only two differences. And that explains, I think, basically... Oh, sorry. And critical race theory. Mm. Those are the three things. But I think that comes from certainly social media partly anyway. Yeah. Academia kind of downstream from all that. But that's the only difference. The fact that there are now, you know, black studies, and I'm pretty sure those things just didn't exist in the 90s and the noughties, mm. and things were at their best. And then you go too far on the overcorrection, and there are not more black men being killed by the police than there were. In violent Police violence has decreased significantly and continuously. Mm. It goes down and down and down all the time. Mm. Things are getting better and better in reality. But the fact is, if you, I think it's Douglas Murray made this point, if you're reading over your morning breakfast... Uh, about a black guy that got killed. Mm. That's one thing. And then there's another thing, someone filming it on their phone. It has a more galvanizing energy to it. And I just think things are so much better in reality, but they they appear to be so much worse. And that makes reality worse. Mm. And yeah, it just made me proper nostalgic for like, you could have an adult conversation about race where you could use that word in context. And... A guy does it now, 10 years ago on a podcast, and has to release an apology video. Mm. Joe Rogan, the most masculine macho, <laughs> has to apologize. Yeah. I just weep. I just weep. <laughs> it, How it, many episodes of the Thousands. Joe, yeah. Thousands, yeah. Are we in the 2000s yet? I feel like we Might close. well be, yeah. Say, for the sake of argument, that each Joe Rogan episode is about three and a half hours long. Yeah. I know some are shorter, I know some are longer. Yeah, three hours, I'd say, is the yeah. average. Okay, yeah. three hours. Yeah. We'll say each episode is three, thousand, yeah. uh, three hours long. Three thousand hours. Yeah. Well, this is... This that's, is that's, that's our average. <laughs> that's our average, yeah. yeah. But this is what I was going to say. Three hours apiece, mm-hmm. nearly 2,000 episodes. Yeah. How many years of content? Right. Like, play it back to back. Yes. How many years would you be listening to the Joe Rogan experience if you played every episode back to back? And I wonder how much digging they had to do to find him using those words. Yeah, yeah exactly. I wonder how long it took. There must have been a concerted effort. Remember I told you about that program someone told me about, um, I think Don't Fuck With Cats it was called, mm. and they they crowdsourced looking at Google Maps of Canada or yeah. something to find out where they go. They must have done that with the podcast. Yeah. Like, right, you take one through 50, you take, you know. Yeah, exactly. They must yeah. Have, and think of how pathetic, <laughs> how p- truly pitiful a human being you are mm. if you do that. I just think, what a waste of life and energy and time. And Speaking of someone who wastes a fair degree of time, <laughs> even I have never sunk that low. No. It's, ju- it's, just ho- it's just disgusting. It's just- yeah. But the, 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 the sad thing as well is that they knew how much context to remove to paint him in the worst light Absolutely. possible. Absolutely. Because yeah. 
for all this talk for all this like um talk about like how much power that word has mm-hmm. like to the point where I didn't want to say it yeah even after admitting that yeah context, after admitting that yeah. It, yeah that it has that, that it's the context that gives it power mm-hmm. even in a context where it doesn't have that power mm-hmm. I didn't want to say it mm-hmm. yeah for all this talk that like oh it's it's actually the con like it's actually the word that has the power you can't use the word ever yeah in order to make it look bad it's the context that they have to fuck with absolutely yeah yeah the surrounding tissue the yeah around. well here's the thing like before right i wrote something a while ago i can't remember what it was about something controversial and a friend of ours said sent me a message saying like thank you for writing that you're like brave i'm i would could never do something like that mm. now I'm not saying that to pat myself on the yeah, back. humble brag. No, no, because I don't think, I sincerely have never thought, oh yeah, I'm brave for doing it. Mm. Ne- I honestly never have, right? And I don't think I am. Mm. I don't think it's bravery, okay. right? Because I'm in a position to do it at the moment. But that's the thing. We are currently in pre-production on a short film, mm. right? It's not part of Unfiltered, but Jordan and I are both working on this, this, this film together. And, it, you know, it could be really good. And it could open some doors. We're certainly hoping. We're hoping so, right? It could be really good. It could open some doors. Now, we are still far, far, far from the industry. Mm. But it it looms ever so slightly closer because we're making a film, Mm. right? And so I'm thinking, if I am ever hired to write something and I become a writer, a Mm. proper writer, we're going to have to delete every episode of this podcast. And I mean that. This becomes obsolete. Mm. Like, I think it's been so far away from us. And I, I stand by everything I've ever said. Yeah. In these, sh- you know, obviously there's a lot of ironic joking and stuff like that. Mm. But when making sincere points, I stand by everything I've said. Yeah, yeah. I think there are contexts in which you can use that word. I'm not a racist. Not all the things that you could level, whatever. Right? Mm. But now that it looms ever so closer, I do think you have to get rid of every article I've ever written. <laughs> every episode. We're gonna, we would have to delete it. That's, yeah. If, if we want an easy life. If we want an easy life, we, yeah. yeah, we can't stand by everything that we stand by. Yeah, and it's like not like if you're, in Joe Rogan's, yeah. if you're in Joe Rogan's position, right? There is no way in hell that I would apologize for. for I'm genuinely shocked he did. I'm shocked he did as well. He's yeah. not the type to do it. I'm no. really shocked. Oh, no, he's not. Maybe there's just been so much pressure because it's that word. Well, he was being hit from all sides, hit wasn't he? Sides, it was yeah. COVID misinformation. It was racist allegations, and it was the, whatever the third thing was as well. Yeah, Peterson, and then something else. Oh no, sorry. He was uh, he was chatting with someone, and they kind of said that if you're fifteen, a fifteen year old guy, and you have sex with a teacher, it's it's considered cool, and the reverse is not. And if you if you are 15, 16 years old and you fuck a female teacher, mm. that's not going to psychologically mess you up, generally speaking. Right. With which I agree. Okay. If you're 16, you fuck a teacher, that's not going to scar you for life. That's mm. a, like a badge of honor for a lot of people. <laughs> right. It is, though. That's just... I'm not saying it's right. Mm. No way. It is, you know, it's illegal and rightly so. But if you're 16, I guess it's not. I guess it's just frowned upon. Is it illegal for teachers to fuck their students? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure there are, like, rules in yeah, place about th- it. There yeah. are rules, yeah, but whether it's law, I don't know. It probably is. Anyway, if you're 15 and you fuck your 21-year-old female teacher, mm. it's not going to mess you up for life. No. It's just not going to... Anyway, but they had they made that point, and that was the third thing in the that, that he got in trouble for. But if I was in his position, there's no way in hell that I would have apologized. And if I was in a position now where I was established and I had money and I could say what I wanted... Mm. And then these podcasts came out. 
that's not a problem. It's getting in the door in the first place. That's yeah. the only reason. It's like, what if they listen to this? <laughs> you go, well, you're not even going to get the opportunity now. Mm. That's the problem. Luckily, no one does listen to it. No. But, you know, someone <laughs> but, doing but, the, like, in the future, someone the, doing their due diligence and vetting us. I was going to say, the, 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 the first time that we sincerely properly grow our audience, yeah, it's all our future employers vetting us and going, nope, strike them off the list. Well, that's the thing as well. I mean, it's not just the controversial quote-unquote things that we've said mm. we've like we're a film review show so we've slagged <laughs> off people <laughs> that we, we might well end up working with <laughs> you know or the direct like we'd be hated in the industry I was thinking that actually you don't start as critics and end up as filmmakers yeah I was thinking that it must have been like around the time we started the podcast it's like is there any like working filmmaker yeah. That also does, like, film criticism. There, there is... There's a British filmmaker. He's a documentarian that was a critic. Okay. There are a couple, but not many. And yeah. Uh, and you can count, like, Space Cop by Red Latter Media. <laughs> if, they, if indeed yeah, you count. That, that was yeah. just them doing it, so... Yeah. But, like, um, um, doesn't Kevin... Uh, clerks? What's the Clerks guy? Kevin Smith. Yeah. Doesn't he do, like, a podcast or something where he probably talks about uh, stuff yeah, he's, yeah, probably. I mean, he's, like... Yeah. He's one of the people who always talks about pop culture and yeah. the Matrix and Star Wars. But and, he's probably yeah. doing that more than he's making films now. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I, don't pro- know. I really don't, I don't know how prolific know. he is. I'm not sure either. Um, but I, w- I would be under the impression that if somebody is doing like film criticism or mm-hmm. just like pop culture discussions and they're making films, mm-hmm. the filmmaking is sort of becoming a secondary thing to them. It's always interesting when you listen to a podcast like Mark Maron or Bill Burr and then they're actors and things. Mm. It's weird because you feel like, again, the beauty of the podcast form is yeah. you really do get to know the people you're listening um, to. Isn't there, like, footage of Bur- Bill Burr going, eh, Star Wars. <laughs> he's in The Mandalorian. Fucking Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and now he's considered, like, one of the best things about The Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is always strange because yeah. even if it's a, not that where they've kind of slammed it and now they're in it, just they're acting in something I think no nah, you're, you're Bill Burr I'm waiting to hear what you're going to say about this <laughs> yeah, exactly. on your podcast yeah yeah but that is the beauty of the podcast form isn't it I mean if, you, if you've listened to hours and hours and hours of us mm. you know who we are mm. you do know who, who we are That's is the there anyone ever mm-hmm. who is more catalogued than Joe Rogan uh, probably not I really can't think of like anyone. There's more of him. Yeah, any, there's just yeah. more. Yeah, if yeah, if you were to, because like when they, uh, I don't know how like widespread this is, but mm. like the people have written like AI programs that mm. apparently like they listen to like you, mm. and then they like copy your voice and right. eventually like your mannerisms. And it's like it's just basically like deep, deep faking, fake. but yeah. for yeah. audio, mm-hmm. and they've used him because right. what what better library of of a person is there? Yeah. Than the Joe Rogan experience. Tear would be a good, like, not a game that you could play in reality because it'd, it'd take forever, but just pick a really obscure word and see if it's come up on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Has, how many English, how much of the English languages as Joe would? Maybe not him personally. I don't imagine he has the widest. <laughs> no. I'm not on the go. He's, no. he's well spoken and everything, but yeah, like the, a guest has said. Well, that's kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's part of the appeal, right, of the Joe Rogan experience. He's a dumb, smart guy. Yeah, he's, yeah. like, smart enough that he's able to keep up with any conversation that he's having. Yeah. But he's, n- like, not intelligent enough to the, be... Well, he put, yeah, he takes you with him. Yeah. You're him. Yeah, kind he's of thing, kind yeah. of the perfect uh, surrogate because he's yeah. always in a position where he understands enough about what he's being told yeah. that he's able to ask the right questions. And um, this is not us looking at, like, I... There are a couple of times... 
but usually with guests that I'm very familiar with and I've heard them talk about the thing before mm. where I'm there before he's there, you know? And yeah. he's like, he's still confused or asking questions. But very rarely, I'm usually with him like, hang on, unpack that. Yeah. Clarify that. He, yeah, so that's why that's why he's so successful. Yeah. But yeah, I think John, John Pearson made the point, didn't he, on one of the podcasts, like, as the number one podcast in the world, mm. you are the most listened to person in the history of mankind. Yeah. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> I think you, you, you saw his face like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I like, just the responsibility yeah, to I can't think about in. That. Yeah. But yeah, just like um, world leaders. Yeah. There's, there's less audio slash footage of any president that's ever pres- presidented over America I mean, than there is of Joe Rogan. I mean... The founder of the West, ideologically, in a thousand different ways, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's just that one half of a book. <laughs> yeah, exactly, That's it. That's yeah. all he ever did and said. And yeah, and yeah, people, you know, they they've written books about him, and yeah. you know, people talk about him. But yeah, as for what he allegedly said mm. and did, it's a very slim volume. Yeah, and yeah, and he's the guy that. Uh, you know whose teachings founded the West yeah and Joe Rogan is more listened to than Jesus <laughs> more listened is Joe to. Rogan the new yeah, Jesus he's, yeah. Yeah, yeah um gospel according to Rogan gospel according to Rogan well that's the thing as well you, you just I, you can't own a word you can't own a word it doesn't matter what the word is no. what your racial it's out there in the public discourse to be talked about yeah and I, I always think of um I might have talked about this on a podcast before when Ennio Morricone won the Golden Globe for the Hateful Eight score. Mm. And Tarantino accepted it on his behalf. And he said something like, isn't it great that Ennio Morricone, that he's a name and, you know, so many composers aren't. And mm. he's risen out of, of uh, that ghetto of, of film composers. And then Jamie Foxx came up on the stage afterwards and went, ghetto? I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Not sure about that. That's not a black word. Ghetto <laughs> comes from... Venice, it was the Venetian ghetto, it's an mm. Italian word, obviously, ghetto, yeah. where Jews were forced to live in the in the 15th century. And then obviously it was taken through the Holocaust and everything. And it's, it's ended up talking about black communities in America. Mm. It's not a black thing. They've appropriated the word. Yeah. Everything's appropriated. That's the thing. Mm. No one owns language. And that that's the highlight for me is that, like, well, you're ignorant about that. Like, you don't even have to be well-educated about ghettos to know that the Warsaw ghettos precede Compton and South Central Los Angeles. You know, you can't own a word. That's all it comes down to for me, is, yeah. And in terms of, like, um, I can see people saying, like, well, Joe Rogan doesn't even need to talk about this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, he could talk about literally anything else. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the the nature of his podcast, is it's unscripted. Mm -hmm. There's no, like... I am a film review show or mm-hmm. I am a uh, like a heroin mm-hmm. talk about show or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, you can talk about literally anything. It's well, like, yeah. He, he's also talked about MMA and diets that br- and aliens. That fucking and- brilliant YouTube clip. <laughs> Joe Rogan in a nutshell or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah. Where it's like him talking about like existence or something like that. Where it's just like, yeah, when you think about like how, um, you know, just like how much of how much stuff is out there and just how small we are in comparison. Mm-hmm. Just something that we, like, he's clearly, like, lost in, like, profound Yeah, thought. yeah. And he's like, yeah. 
you see that footage of that deer being hit by a car? <laughs> yeah, right. He's just a guy. Yeah. And he's like, just a guy. This is that pause and then he's straight into that. He's like, Jamie, pull that up. And it is yeah, just yeah. a deer getting slammed by a car. I had a uh, transcendent moment the other night. Ooh. Yeah. Not not like a visionary experience, but I was writing and mm. then I was, so I was listening to music. I listened to classical music when I write. Okay. Um, does it help? It really does. Okay. Like, it, uh, no bullshit. I know yeah. it sounds like, it really does. Not because it's so inspirational. It just kind of seeps into you, mm. and the beautiful, the beautiful, the beautiful thing about classical music is that it, it, it's kind of simultaneously ambient and has character, and has character. Yeah, and and it's the most, maybe not the most. This is going to sound so dumb, but obviously because it has no lyrics mm. and it's not jazz, it's not like this aggressive thing. It can be, obviously. It really just is. It. It's whatever you want it to be. Mm. It just is there. To, it's pure feeling. Mm. It, it, it's not imputing anything to you. Mm. It's whatever. So I was listening to uh, Springtime by Faulkner. Oh, classic. It happened to be on. And I was just outside having a cigarette and I just looked up and it was a clear sky. And I had a transcendent moment. Genuinely did. Like <laughs> looking at the stars and the music swelled. It was good timing. Yeah. And I just like, oh my God. Like beauty. Like yeah. I just, it was weird. It was a, <laughs> such a strange moment. But um, anyway... I feel like I want to talk a bit about Whoopi Goldberg as well in this context. Oh, well, before we get to Whoopi Goldberg, yeah. we'll wrap up Joe Rogan. Because, sure. yeah, I was going to say that, like, yeah, the, the they say, like, oh, well, you don't even have to touch on those areas. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy, yeah, like, years and years and years and years worth of audio. Mm-hmm. Not just the amount of time over which it was recorded, just the audio itself. There's literally years of it. Yeah. When you when there's that much of you, pick a topic. Yeah, there's that much of you, yeah. and you've spoken to as many people as he's spoken to. At that point, mathematics just takes over. Absolutely, he's going to like the thousands of people that he's talking to, spoken to for the thousands of hours that he has. Mm-hmm. Race is going to come up. Yeah, there's going to be an, a, a, a like a like a a time where he's presented with the opportunity, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. to say the N-word. Mm-hmm. And he has to decide, like, oh, am I going to do it? Is this the right time to do it? Like, it's... And it's all unplanned. So it's it's not even a case of, like, right, we need to know not to do this thing. It's like, no, you go... Like, he is just, like, riding the wave of it. Yes. It's... And not, yeah, you're, you're riding... You know, it is a stream of consciousness. Again, yeah. That's the whole thing of that. It's that thing about, like, oh, you always have to be switched on. You're receptive to where it's going. Yeah, but but like no, like I mean, with um, in terms of like censoring yourself Mm -hmm. and making sure that like oh nobody says the bad things, Mm -hmm. we should always be switched on and aware and tolerant and doing the thing. Nobody is switched on like all the time. You can't like and and yeah to say like oh oh, like every episode of the Joe Rogan Experience, Joe Rogan is like there and switched on. And also yeah, he's an honest guy and he's saying what he thinks. And yeah, it's not the case that you say everything you think, Mm. but. Every single person in the world mm. thinks grotesque and, and completely inappropriate things daily. Right. You just do. Not, like, linger on it and cogitate on it. Mm. But, like, if you were in a group of black people, part of your brain would go, call them all a bunch of that. Because, <laughs> See what happens. No, because you know it's so wrong. Yeah. Look, it's... It, it's That's that, that jumping off the bridge instinct. It is, yeah. yeah. It's stream of consciousness. Everything occurs to you. Yeah. Everything. You can't choose to think a certain thing. Or, no. And, you know, unless you're meditating or whatever. But this podcast, right, is nominally a film and TV review podcast. We talk about culture and pop culture mm. as well, right? I've used that word 
on what five or six episodes maybe maybe not even that maybe not even, no 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 but my point is which is disproportionate you're a film and TV show why have you said that word on five or six shows yeah how many film yeah how many films have we talked about where the word is even used right yeah yeah you could look at us and go so clearly you're preoccupied you like it or something mm. I just go if I want this podcast. If I want to talk about the use, if I call this podcast that, that's probably, I wouldn't do that. That's too far. Call it that. And every episode, I'm talking about the historic use of the word mm. and how it's changed over time. That I'm well within my rights to do that. Yes, I'm interested in that word and the power it has and the meaning of it. And it's damn interesting. Mm. It's interesting. I'm interested in it. And so, and things happen culturally, the bring it to the fore. Yeah. And I talk about them. And when I'm talking about it, I'm not going to cloak it by saying the N-word. Mm. I'm just going to say what the word is. Mm. The best, one of the best examples of this for me is Christopher Hitchens talking about a writer. I can't remember who it was. It might have been a comedian, a black comedian. And he wrote a book and he called it Nigger. Yeah. And his mother said to him, why did you have to call the book that? He said, like, mama, every time someone says that word now, they're selling my book. Yes. And, it, like, obviously, he's, he's quoting a black person saying it, but, like, that is a perfect illustration of when you can use, <laughs> of, of the right time to use that yeah, word. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, if if a racist called a black person that, it is horrific. This shouldn't be illegal. You should still be able to say it. Mm. I know that's a controversial thing to defend. Mm. I'm not defending doing it. But I would still say... It is your legal right to do it. It's just your fucking scumbag if you do. Yeah. You know, they're words. Mm. They're words. It's not an incitement to violence. It's a horrible fucking word. Yeah. But it's a word. Well, um, yeah. I mean, because the law deals in absolutes, doesn't it? Yeah. It doesn't go... Well, behavior. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of behavior as well. It doesn't go like, it's illegal to murder someone unless under these circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's illegal to caught speeding or to well the the law does do that to be fair it's not absolute in that sense in what way do you mean well if you kill someone under certain circumstances it it is it does change context does change how you're prosecuted but like broadly speaking like if you kill a person Mm -hmm. then like right that's like a the the law is stepping in here now yeah so yeah I'm only saying that in terms of like Mm. oh you know making the n-word illegal it's like well right 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 well no because like it is so it is context dependent and to make it illegal would just be like it's the ultimate in like oh no the word itself is the thing that has power oh no this that I think it should be legal to use the word in any context I just wouldn't advocate using the word in any context Mm. personally difference between the personal and the political no word should be illegal Mm. you just shouldn't call somebody that (laughs) yeah you know be a human being, be a mm. decent human being. You were saying about like, oh, you know, uh, the the, the in, in grotesque, yes, horrible thoughts flash through people's minds every day. We don't control what we think. Mm-hmm. No, but we control what, like, what we do, what we do. Yeah, whether we act on those thoughts. Yeah, like that's where the uh, the be a good human bit comes. And in. we control what we say as well. Uh, but I still don't think that should fall under the remit of prosecution. Like, you have to be able to say whatever you want to say. And society has the right to say you're a bigot and we're not going to give you that job. Yeah. We're not, you know. And, but especially thought. Mm. You can't criminalize thought. You yeah. know, it's behavior. 
And it is all context dependent. It is okay to kill people in certain circumstances, you know? Mm. It's okay to speed in cer- certain circumstances. Mm. It's all context dependent. Yeah, but it's not sold as that up front. No, no, but the point is... I'm, I'm trying to find the way in which I was right to bring it up. <laughs> it's like, no, no, it's an interesting it's thing. Like they don't, it's not like, yes, murder's bad, but you can do this, this, this. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you do the murder, and they're like, you did a murder, that's bad. And then you you provide them with a circumstance, and they go, well, I think the, all right, buddy. The law you know? should be absolute about speech. Incitement to violence is a tricky one. Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing that people always say, that's the exception. I'm not convinced, really. I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know what would qualify as an incitement to violence. So, I, like, basically, absolutely, speech is protected. Mm. But then within the law, it gets relative, a bit more relative. Yeah. For instance, if someone breaks into my house and tries to kill me, I'm well within my rights to kill them. I should be well within my rights to kill them, mm. etc. If I plan to murder somebody, that should be illegal. Yeah. You know, it, it is all context dependent, except for words and except for thoughts. Mm. Words are acceptable context dependent, as in, in terms of propriety, mm. appropriateness, but they shouldn't be illegal in any circumstance. No. And I think it's worth pointing out that, again, like near the beginning of this segment, where you were like, say the word. And I was like, no, I don't want to say the word. Mm-hmm. Even though I just admitted that, like, in certain contexts, it is okay to say the word. By the way, there was me trying to bully you into saying the word. No, no, no. I'm not bringing it up. Yeah, I'm not bringing it up for that reason. I'm bringing it up because. We've gotten to a point where I feel uncomfortable using the word, even though I know it's okay, yeah. without making it illegal. Sure. Like, I don't really know what making the word illegal achieves well, that's that we the aren't point. already achieving. That's the point. That's it's the already point. being kind of phased out of language because people are uncomfortable to use it. Right. And that's language doing what it should be doing. Yeah. It, it evolves. Mm. It makes some things okay, some things... Now it goes too far, it gets things wrong, etc. Yeah. I think our treatment of the word nigger has gone too far. Mm. The fact that you can't, it's so toxic you can't say it in any situation mm. is, is, is too far. But also, the fact that that is true, that isn't that illustrative of the great strides that the civil rights movement has <laughs> yes, made? Yes, yeah. That like, if you're going to say that word and mean it in a derogatory fashion, mm. you're not going to say it publicly. No. And in a way, that's good and that, that's bad because... It's good that we've made that much progress and bad that it kind of pushes those people underground. Mm. I'd rather I'd rather people who wanted to say it did say it publicly. <laughs> I'd rather my racists be loud and proud. Genuinely, wouldn't you? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> actually, you actually... I'd rather... If you thought that about black people and you mm. said it, I'd rather, I'd rather know that. I'd rather you said to me, don't you fucking hate these? Yeah. I go, right, well, we are no, no longer friends. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd, I don't want to know... I'm not saying it's kind of a, in every circumstance it's... But yeah, like, that's the whole point. That's why banning people off Twitter is a bad idea. Mm. Is when so, you, well, where have they gone? What are they doing right, now that we're not keeping an eye on them? Wouldn't you rather know what yeah. they think, you know? Like Alex Jones. What's Alex Jones up to now no one's keeping an eye on him? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. What's he cooking up all of it? You know, you don't know at the moment. Yeah. Shall we segue over to Goldberg? Well, yeah, what's Whoopi Goldberg doing well she why is she worthy of uh um yeah time on the fun filtered podcast well there's no there's not much more to say in terms of the topic but it raises a question that i want to ask you so whoopi goldberg is on the view which is like the american version of loose women it's terrible 
And oh, it sounds it. It's terrible. But, but you know, it's the view, right? It's not the facts, as someone said on Bill Maher. Mm. Um, but anyway, she said that the Holocaust wasn't about race. It was about power, maybe. No, no, sorry. It was about man's inhumanity to man. It was white people killing other white people. Y'all kill each other, right? And now that's not true. It's inaccurate. I, okay. I, okay, let you finish what you're saying. Well, the Holocaust, uh, it, it was about race. Jews, that is, that is an ethnicity. And even if it wasn't, the Nazis considered them she confused, an inferior race. Has she confused... Well, does she not know what race means? Well, I think because she's black, I think she, she later said, I think of race in terms of black and white. Which is ironic, or appropriate. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Okay. So because they're not, because they're white. Yeah. They're not another they're race. They're not another race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So she, it wasn't about race. And no, that's she, not a racist thing to think. No, it's, well, it's a racist. It's, uh, I don't think she's racist. Like, I don't think she's anti-Semitic. I think she just said something really fucking stupid and wrong. That's the thing. <laughs> well, yes. I don't think it's anti-Semitic. It's, it's anti-Semitic if you genuinely... You know, you genuinely believe that in your heart. She was just like shooting the shit, and mm. you know, and just kind of saying what came to her mind. It was wrong. It was, it was totally wrong. Yeah, and it's something worth apologising for, mm. I think. And she got a two week suspension, and like told by the the president of ABC, go reflect on what you've done, and you know, th- I mean, this grown woman in her sixties, mm. all that sort of thing, condescending. Do you think she should have been suspended for two weeks? For. For saying the Holocaust wasn't about race, it was it was just about you know people being evil, white people being evil to each other. Uh, well, I mean, if that was said about black people, mm-hmm. if kind of the race element was downplayed or completely uh, erased, like, yeah, something labeled completely something else, mm-hmm. I don't think that person would would work in television again, right? So it's like, I, when you say should she have got suspended, are you asking whether she should have been punished or was her punishment severe enough? I'm asking you whether she should have been punished. Right, okay. Um, in, in that way, you know. I think an apology was appropriate, whatever the case. Yeah. But beyond that, should she have faced some... Well, I mean, do we know why she got the... Did she get the suspension because she didn't want to apologise? No, she apologised. She did apologise, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. And then she was punished. She apologised, and that, like in tandem with that, is we're giving her a two-week suspension from the View. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how mutual that was, or yeah, should that have happened? I mean, I guess not, right? Because uh, this is all about, um, like, whenever we're talking about being able to use the N-word in context, or whether we talk about like talking about race, and it's like mm-hmm. we should be able to have these conversations. We should be able to put our opinion forward. Mm-hmm. Like, her opinion is someone that I completely don't agree with. But it's her opinion. But it is her opinion. And that's, like, that is the point of the show. It's mm-hmm. it's the it's an opinion show. Yeah, like, do you... Uh, is saying that the Holocaust is not about race, is that such a damning, detrimental thing to say that it should be... Like, this goes beyond opinion now. You've done something damaging, therefore you need to be punished. Well, it's a deeply ignorant thing to say. Yeah. And it's a stupid thing to say. Yeah, but is um, is punishing... that Rather than, quote-unquote, educating that party, it's like, right, mm-hmm. okay, that's what... Right, okay, you've said that. Mm-hmm. Here are the reasons why I completely disagree with you. Mm-hmm. 
surely that would have been a better response than just, right, you're wrong, you're out of here for a little while now. Well, here's the thing. You're I the am bench. genuinely torn on this one. Yeah. Actually torn, right? Bill Maher, I've just been watching a lot of him. Yeah. He said, I think he got into a spat with Whoopi Goldberg about something at okay. one point. And people are like, oh, it's karma. And he's like, it's not fucking karma. <laughs> karma doesn't exist. And he was like, we need to learn to start, to stop hating each other and have a like a grown-up conversation about things. Hmm. And he said she shouldn't have been suspended. It's patronizing. She's a grown woman. It, it was her opinion. Yes, it's a stupid opinion, but it's what she thought. She shouldn't have been blah, blah, blah. Basically, totally agree. Mm. Ben Shapiro says, I don't believe in cancelling people, but she advocates it all the time. Shouldn't she reap what she sows? Now, yeah, see, I, I, I see both sides of the yeah. discussion, but that's the thing. My, If I was arguing in favour of her suspension, yeah. that is what I would that's say. That's why. It's not because of the comment. It's yeah. because she's done it to other people. But is that fair? Yeah. I don't know. That's the question. I don't know. If we go... Well, by your standards, mm-hmm. you'd be cancelled. You would be cancelled. Therefore, we should cancel you. Yeah. Is that a fair thing to do? I don't know. I don't know. This thing, the high ground is no. The high ground is so we don't cancel people. No. We we are against cancelling people up to a point. Mm. Like, you know, if someone comes out as a foaming anti-Semite. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, you get sacked yeah, from the show. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah, generally speaking, we're not for cancelling people. Even you who are. We won't do it. Yeah. We're going to show you that we don't do that shit. Yeah. But then, like, was, what has she learned from that? It's like, and I'm not, like, re- retributive justice feels really good. Mm. And that's how a lot, a lot of law is organized in that way. It's retributive. Mm. It's like the only way you can condemn someone for doing what they did is if you think they were really to blame and now you're fucking punishing them for it. Mm. That feels good. I don't know whether it's correct. But what do you do with someone who advocates? You know, it's like the whole thing people say like, oh, you know, it's like people getting the death penalty. If you're a killer, you should get a death penalty. Mm. People who, who, who rape should get raped in prison. You know, it, it's that same instinct. Yeah. To an extent. But that she she's for it. She's for cancelling people for saying the wrong thing. She said the wrong thing. Shouldn't she be cancelled? I guess... Shouldn't she step down? Yeah. I don't know. I guess you... You don't do anything. Yeah. And, and you then, point it out. And then when she comes along and says, this person said this thing about black people, cancel them, mm-hmm. get them off the network, you also don't do anything. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I suppose the only thing would be to point out, I know it's like showing you how uh, noble I am, but she should be told, listen, you advocate yeah. canceling people. You've committed something, you've said something that, well, in my opinion anyway, mm. is far worse than what a lot of people have said and been cancelled for. Mm. And we're not going to do it. Reflect on that. Yeah. If she takes two weeks to learn anything, learn that. Yeah. Learn that you get to come back. Learn that you're not gone forever. Mm. It's a, it is a tricky one, though, because yeah. I, get, I get both sides of it. I get you should reap what you sow. Yeah. But also, we don't do that. Louis, we don't cancel people. Louis C.K., masturbated in front of women with their consent. Yeah. You downplayed a genocide. Right. Yes. Jimmy Carr. Yes. Downplayed a genocide. Yeah. And people want him gone. Yeah. What do we think about that, the whole Jimmy Carr situation? Yeah, that's that's a... Um, that one's weirder to me because it's Jimmy Carr. You know what you're... Did you, did you not... You know th- it's like for. getting mad at South Park. It's like, did you not right. know going in that this was possible? Yeah. Not this specifically, but like this is what 
like he even delivers it. I think he, like when he introduced the Holocaust, it's like we're going to talk about the Holocaust now, mm-hmm. and there's like a like a groan from the audience because it's like, oh, it's Jimmy Carr doing a Holocaust joke. This right. is going to go well. Sure. Like I yeah. What what is the joke? It's something like uh, don't, when, like when people talk about the Holocaust, they talk about the six million Jewish lives that were killed by the Nazi war machine. Yeah, but no one ever talks about. The thousands of gypsies that were killed. Yeah. That's because no one wants to mention the positives. Or yes. something like that. Yeah, and yeah. he even kind of lands on because no one wants to talk about the positives. The positives, yeah. Yeah, it's like, here is the joke. Right. It's that delivery. And then, yeah, you, you got like people on Twitter like, as a gypsy myself, I find this horribly offensive. It's nice seeing me a traveler and have a Twitter account. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I mean, on a personal level, like... I don't want to be in a position where I'm defending Jimmy Carr. I don't well, like Jimmy I don't Carr. like Jimmy Carr. I don't like Jimmy Carr. Yeah. I, I don't even... I'm not trying to be stuffy. I love comedy. Mm. I love dark comedy, challenging comedy. I don't know what the joke is. No, like Jimmy Carr's brand of comedy, it just seems to be like leave like leaving a controversial statement in your possession as yeah. one would leave like a dog turd on a doorstep. Sure, yeah. It's just like, there it is. And then he backs away... Or you react to it. Still a dog turd, though, is the thing. I, look, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. W- w- let's try and be as generous as possible to that joke. Mm. What could the satirical intent have been? Because he's a one-liner comedian, right? So there's no context around it. No. Other than just other insulting jokes. Well, like, it's, it's misdirection, right? It's misdirection. Everybody talks about the six million Jews that were exterminated during the Holocaust, but nobody talks about the gypsy travelers. Mm-hmm. And so it seems as though, if you're completely ignorant of what Jimmy Carr is and mm-hmm. what he's about, it seems as though he's going, and somehow you've forgotten that you're a comedy show and that mm-hmm. there's not going to be any, like, mis- yeah. like surprise here. Yes. Yeah. You go, oh, this, this, this kind gentleman is shining mm-hmm. light on the other communities that were horribly affected by the Holocaust. It's showing him, it's not like, oh yeah, the Jews, but like, this is the real tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's him going like... Like on 9-11, Tower 7 fell too. Mm-hmm. Other communities were affected by the Holocaust. We focused on the Jews because they were the big one. Mm-hmm. But we need to think about the other people mm-hmm. that were also affected by this horrible, horrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. And then at the last second, he subverts it by labeling it as a positive. And right. that's the joke. It's like, it's I'm shining a light on this other aspect of a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Ah, but it's actually a good thing. Well, the- Ha ha ha, isn't that good comedy? Yeah, what's it called? The old um, switcheroo. The old switcheroo. The joke is its technique rather than the content. Yeah. The which, content... Which, which I suppose it, it has to be if you're a one-line comedian, isn't it? Uh, well, sometimes it can be making a point or, you know, it's saying something. But yeah. Yeah, there's no point there. There's nothing... It's not making a point. Mm. It's just you're expecting this and you got this. Yeah. In a way, the content doesn't even really matter. He just picked a really horrific thing mm. because it, it's quote-unquote edgy. Now, that's the kind of comedy I, I don't really like because it, it is pointless. Mm. Like, what the Stuart Lee thing is, like, the last... Was it the last cliche? Not cliche. Like, the, the, the final untapped thing is to do something sincerely and well. <laughs> I think for Jimmy Carr, yeah, that's not a surprise. No. That's a, that's a crap joke. Yeah. It's rubbish. Like, if I went to that, that's the kind of thing I'd expect. The surprising thing for Jimmy Carr to do would be to do, like, a bit, an observational bit mm. about a subject or make a sincere point or whatever. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just doing those offensive jokes is what he has done for over 20 years. Mm. It's just, like, 
12 DVDs of one lines that are really pointless. Mm. I'm not a fan of Jimmy Carr. No. I didn't like the joke. But yeah, he's Jimmy Carr. He can tell the joke. Yeah. He can tell the joke. It's fine. I know, and I know... I know... I think I know what the joke is. Like, I, I think well, I understand yeah, yeah. The, where well, the comedy comes from. Right. And right. that it is a joke. But yeah, like... like I can't, I'm, not, I'm not looking at that going, well... Jimmy Carr just came out as a, uh, a hater of gypsies. Of course, yeah. Because none of it is sincere. I don't know what Jimmy Carr really thinks about anything. No. I give him the benefit of the doubt that because he made that joke, he doesn't think that. Mm. It's ironic. And I give him the benefit of, of the doubt that he's generally a liberal, mm. in, if not a lefty. But I don't know anything about him at all. No. Because he's never made a point with his comedy. Mm. I'm not saying all comedy has to make a point. It can be absurd. It can be... But that's ex- his is exactly the type of comedy I really don't like. Yeah. It's just not for me. But you should be able... There should be a relationship between... If not a relationship, the style of a joke and the content should both be funny. Mm. If it's just the style, I don't know. It, you, you lose something. Because, you know, like I said, he could have done that joke about anything. Mm. He chose the Holocaust. And it says nothing about that. No. It doesn't say anything about it. It's just the bottom at the end. If anything, it's like, this is an event that everyone knows, so the joke will land better because we've all, we're all working off a and it's the mutual th- understanding. It's the 13-year-old mindset of, oh, yeah, let's go on, what was it, sickopedia.com. Yeah. You just controversial jokes because you're testing the boundaries. Oh, yeah, like the, the amount of uh, secondary school kids who told that joke the following day in the school. Yeah, I, all the time. 11, 12, 13 racist jokes. Like, <laughs> yeah. All the time. Her pedophile jokes, the yeah. Pope is a pedophile, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah, like, constantly. It's because you, you're testing the limits. Mm. That, and with your mates, especially, that's what you do. Yeah. Is will they go along with this? These people I trust, how do they react to this thing? Right. Oh, not well. I'll rein that in a bit. Exactly. Oh, they like that. Oh, I'll do that. It's one. like a kid testing the limits of his parents' patience. It's like, what can I get away with? You yeah. do the same thing with your friends. Um, and if they're good friends, they understand that. Sam Harris made the good point about... Um, listen to his 20-minute thing on Joe Rogan. It's brilliant. It's, he's just great at these things. Okay. But he just solos about a topic. Um, he said that these people, these activists, these people calling for Joe Rogan's cancellation, you know, t- saying that word in the company of friends, they don't know what it me- what friendship means. Mm. They don't know what the meaning of friendship is. And he said, and when people say sorry, there has to be a mechanism for forgiveness. Mm. His quote was, forgiveness is a fucking miracle. That's what he said. Right. And it's like, uh, it's, that Lu- <laughs> it's that Louis C.K. thing um, where he's talking with Patrice O'Neill. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I love that thing. <laughs> Patrice O'Neill is talking about the origin of uh, kike, the yeah. derogatory term for Jewish people. He said when they came over to Ellis Island on the boats, they had a circle called the Keikel, mm. and that, that was stamped, and that's how they knew they were Jewish. <laughs> and then Louis C.K. just goes, you know, you know where the word nigger comes from? There's a black guy just being a nigger, and went, hey, look. <laughs> <laughs> like, just because they're friends. Yeah, like, they got yeah it. exactly, and, yeah. You know, it's... um. Yeah, like you're you're testing the limits. I, I, it's not a funny joke. It's not. I hear the best joke about the Holocaust that I ever heard because it really it's got something in it. Mm. I think I told it to you the other day. I heard it from Douglas Murray, um, who'd heard it from someone else. It's there are two Jewish guys in heaven joking about the Holocaust, mm. and someone comes up to them and says, "How could you be joking about such a horrible thing?" Mm. And they turn to him and goes, "Well, I guess you had to be there." Yeah. That's a fucking brilliant show <laughs> with a hell of a landing punch. Yeah. And like you go, ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That works yeah. on like, that works. That that's work. a good joke. Yeah. yeah. 
final sort of thing in this sphere. Okay. Sort of guardian thing. <laughs> oh, wonderful. End on the guardian. Let's do that. Yeah, they, it was a... They were talking about masculinity. Or a guy on there was talking about... I don't know if he, what, what he was. Talking about masculinity. Right. Okay. Um, it was, we work with masculinity. I, I think he was a drag king. So I guess it was a she. I don't know. We work with masculinity. He was a drag king. She was a drag king. Oh, she was a drag king. I guess if you're yes, a drag okay, king, you're yeah, a woman. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. yeah, that works. We work with masculinity, which is toxic and boring and gross. So we have to find a way to make masculinity not only entertaining, but not toxic, and show people what healthy masculinity can look like. Now, uh, a couple of things. F- firstly, even within that statement, he's con- she, let's just say he, all right? Okay. It looks like a guy there. He's contradicted himself. Mm. Because he has said that masculinity is toxic and boring and gross. <laughs> and so we have to show them what healthy masculin- masculinity is. Right. So is yeah, there a distinction between yeah, masculinity... He's labeled all masculinity... As toxic. As toxic. But there's such a thing as healthy, healthy masculinity. masculinity. Yeah. Right. Masculinity is not toxic. It's not boring. It's not gross. I like that, though. Like, what's the last... Think of something, like, not not toxic in the context it's usually mm-hmm. used now. Something to you that's, like, truly toxic. Right. And grotesque and odious and just like, oh. Mm. Do you also find it boring? That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so, I find it so disgusting. I'm bored by it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird, like, combination of, of feelings. It is, yeah. Well, I th- But you get that attitude a lot, is, like, to be straight is boring. It's boring to be straight. Yeah, like, but it's also, in- I'm, I, like, I'm so offended. Yeah, yeah. But also... It's like, dull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm bored. Yeah. yeah, well, masculinity is not any of those things. I will concede that there is such a thing as toxic masculinity, mm. but that is toxic masculin- masculinity. Yeah, we and have there to is, specify. Yeah, and then there is healthy, good, normal masculinity. Yeah. which weirdly, It's a neutral value. Which weirdly is not specified. What now? Well, toxic masculinity is a thing. It's like, ah, we have a denomination well, for that. It's, it's but just, we don't have one for healthy. No, it's just used... Masculinity now is, is toxic masculinity. That's mm. how people... They don't say masculinity anymore. They just say toxic. That's, you know. Masculinity is a neutral value. It's like femininity. Mm. It's nothing. It's just the thing that that there is. And that can be applied healthily or toxically, Mm. right? This person... (laughs) Such as they are. (laughs) Wouldn't be able to function if masculinity didn't exist. Never mind just fathers, Mm. right? The Guardian wouldn't have a building to work from if there was no such such thing as masculinity. Okay, it might be boring. And so, masculinity gave a civilization. It builds shit. Okay, mm. all these artists that are like, oh, we're gonna set up a space, and we're gonna have an extension over here. Who are you hiring to do that? A bunch of feminine blokes? That, no, they're going to be masculine working class men. Masculinity has a value. Femininity has a value. Mm. And there is nothing wrong with being a masculine woman or a feminine man. Nothing at all. I'm not saying that those things have to be prescribed. Mm. I am speaking as, generally speaking, someone who is relatively feminine for a man. I don't have a feminine voice. I don't have a feminine manner. Mm. I don't conduct myself in a you know, I don't have a grace about me mm. or anything like that. And I'm bald. I, I'm not feminine in that way. But... You don't build shit. I, I, I'm, I pursue a cr- creative things, yeah. which is a feminine aspect. Yeah. 
I'm not handy. Mm. I'm clumsy. I cry way too easily. <laughs> I'm sensitive mm. to I'm, I'm sensitive to people's needs. I listen, you know. <laughs> for good for good and no, 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 as in I'm a good listener, you know. I like yeah, yeah. for good in the good ways and bad ways, I am feminine. And I'm sure in some bad ways I'm masculine and in good ways I'm masculine. Mm. I'm not speaking as a, a macho bloke, no masculine good. Masculinity it's neutral and it's been used for great things mm. and it's used every day by people who spit at it to make their lives possible mm. it keeps the lights on you know it keeps the water running yeah it fuels your car when you're driving to your shitty fucking meaningless empty protests that's because there are men working on oil rigs in the middle of the of the choppy seas their faces stung by the rain mm. they fix your car when it breaks down Go fuck yourself, <laughs> you evil cunts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you agree? Well, you're clearly not a fan. <laughs> no, it's just, I'm sick of the, it. I will concede that there is such a thing as toxic masculinity. Mm. And that is not being able to talk about your feelings at all. Not being able to cry when you really need to cry. Not being open. Mm. Not sharing your vulnerability with people you're close with. Yes. That kind of masculinity is why men drop dead at 50 mm. from tumours and strokes and all the rest of it, right? That's bad. Mm. But I think there's a difference between masculinity and, I don't know, macho-ness or machismo. Mm. I don't like the goofy blobs of testosterone, as our friend said, that go to the gym. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they, yeah, bro. Yeah. I fucking can't stand that. I hate that. Mm. I, it has a value to it. I admire athleticism and all that and working out and... And it, it annoys me at the same time. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want to be a gym ratter. I kind of I hate those people. Mm. But there's nothing wrong with it per se. Yes, goofy macho machismo. We're not down with it. Mm. But there is also a problem with an excess of femininity. That's a problem as well. Basically, nothing gets fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> just no shit gets done. It's just oh, let's be sensitive and talk about feelings all the time, and nothing's concrete. Concrete. That's the thing, the Peterson thing, thing Peterson always talks about. Masculine's order, feminine's chaos. Just, that's how it's conceptualized. Right. An excess of both is a problem. Mm. An excess of order is the Third Reich. An excess of chaos is, is you know, um, what was that fucking Chaz? Or Chad, that, that place in Seattle where they set up, you know? Oh, um, right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They both have problems. Can, can you, can you um, airdrop us vegan food? Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. Uh, pure creation is not good. Mm. I speak as a creative person. Yeah. It means that you don't do anything. Mm. You, it's just ideas, ideas, ideas. You need someone to fuck, write it down, concretize it. Yeah. That's why conservatives and liberals need each other. Liberals are the mad ones coming up with all the ideas and conservatives go, right, we'll build that for you now. Mm. We need both. You need the yin and the yang. You need masculinity. You need femininity. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I'm done. You've, Off got, my you've, you've got that out of your system. I got that out of my system. Cool. It needed to be said. Okay. I don't have to write the article about it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you, you were going to write an article, I wouldn't just let you do that. <laughs> right, we've got two films to talk about. Okay. Should we start with the one that's not last? Should we review? Okay. <laughs> should we review Nightmare Alley? I don't know. Is that the one that's not last? Yeah, the other one. Or the one are, are you last. just fucking with me now? <laughs> no, I'm not fucking with you. Okay. 
Uh, let's talk about Nightmare Alley. All right, let's do that. We haven't talked about it at all yet. I told you to watch it a while back now, right? What in the uh, on the podcast? No, in life. Oh, I see. Okay, it's like no, yes, no, no. we haven't talked about it yet. This yeah, is yeah. the beginning of the discussion. This well, by the time this comes out, it'll have been more like a month without a podcast, maybe more. Yeah, we've been busy. Oh and yeah, it's just been yeah. hard to find the time to do it. So it was a while ago that I asked slash told you to watch Nightmare Alley. Yes. Uh, so we haven't talked about it at all. I no. don't know what you think about it. I have a. I, I think I have a good idea. Well, would you like to know what I think about it? Tell this? me, you fucking cunt. I shall. You say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Nightmare Alley. I have opinions. Well, that's good for I a review think. show. <laughs> I had an opinion when it started. A different opinion when it ended? Yes. Okay. Did you... Was the, was the same true of you? Let's start, like, uber-fucking-vague. <laughs> and then maybe we'll find the point as we go. Um, well, let me just clarify. See, so you you liked it more as it went on? Well, I, I wasn't even um, implying that. I was just saying I had one opinion when it started and one opinion when it ended. Yeah. A different one when it ended. Okay. Um, well, uh, yes. The same for every film, basically. <laughs> My opinion somewhat morphs in there. Okay. Uh, no, I liked it. Okay. I, I, I kind of liked it from beginning to end. It didn't... It was kind of static the whole way. It didn't really go up or down. I was like, yeah, it's all right. Okay. It's good. And then it stayed that way to the end. Yeah. This Is is this recognized to both the Oscars and the BAFTAs? Or is it just um, the BAFTAs? What's it been recognized for? Uh, I think film. I don't know. No, it's not film. I don't think it's film, Maybe is it? Best, no, it wouldn't be British film. No. Is it, it best film at the, at the BAFTAs? It's best film and best British film. They have two categories. No, no, no. The, uh, the Nightmare Alley is nominated. I, I didn't know it was. I don't oh, think okay. it is. I could be wrong. I don't know. No, no, there's definitely stuff in there. I think Del Toro's up for something. No, um, not director. Is he now? No, neither it's the Oscars. A, it's, it's Del Toro and the film were up for the Critics' Choice Awards. Are up for the Critics' Choice Awards. Okay. And the screenplay. And Blanchett's been nominated for a few things. Right. And... I mean, it's up for cinematography, I'm sure, at the Oscars and the BAFTAs. Yeah, yeah, of course. Maybe it's that then. I don't think it's director or film, though. I don't think it cracked the big ones. Well, the only reason I asked is because yeah. if it had been... Yeah. The only thing I was going to say is it's weird that, like, Del Toro seems to break through. As a genre filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's always like, we, we have the we have the, the Oscar films, the types of films that always show up at the Oscars, and then we have, like, one other one. Mm-hmm. In this case, Dune is Dune up for best film? Certainly at the Oscars. Okay, because yeah. yeah, this is really showing how little I know about yeah, that, yeah, how yeah. much I don't remember the nominations. Yeah. Um, well, I know Don't Look Up is one of the five films up for best film. Oh, fucking Baptist. hell, yeah. It's one of the five. <laughs> Not even the ten, it's one of the five. It's one of the fucking five. And yeah, he's up for, he's up for like way more than it should be, right? It's up for like screenplay. Oh, and... so yeah, it's one of the it's one of the awards films. It's yeah. Across the board, yeah. Um. But yeah, like like there's usually like it's the type of shit that you always see at the Oscars, and then there's like one really really good genre film. Yeah. So okay. like Mad Max. I think people Dune, would say Get Out. And, Get Out. Yeah, yeah. But Del Toro seems to be exempt from that. He kind of shows up. But he won Best Director for Shape of Water, didn't he? Yeah. Well, Shape of Water. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. Pan's Labyrinth. I think was up. I mean, that at the time that yeah, yeah. was like, oh, that's the that's the genre exception. Yeah. But now it's just like whenever he makes something, it seems to... He's, like, a, he's a, an awards filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't know. Is, is that weird? I don't know. Not really. Because it, it's genre, but it's it's not schlocky. You know, it kind of... It has B-movie 
elements to it. Yeah. It's very formally and well made, isn't it? I wouldn't have called this like an Oscar film. No. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's filling that genre slot. Dune feels like it's filling that genre slot, where it's like, oh, Dune, good. I don't even feel that way about Dune. I mean, I know it's hard sci-fi, but it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. It feels like Lawrence of Arabia or something. Yeah, it's up for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh you're right. Out of the 10. Right, sure. Yeah, it's sure. up for the 10. And then the British Film Academy, it's up yeah. for Cinematography, Costume Design, and Production Design. Okay. Um, and yeah, the Academy Awards is up for Cinematography, Production Design, and Costume Design. Yeah, for some reason I thought like Del Toro was uh, recognised, but he's not. He, he is the critic's choice. Okay. So maybe it's yeah, but not yeah, at yeah. the yeah. two. Um yeah, I don't really know what the tangent was for. I think just like, oh, it's weird that Del Toro seems to be... Exempt from the exempt, genre. Yeah, yeah, like he makes genre stuff, but he still gets nominated. Yeah, yeah. Kind of nice, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> there is someone they'll make an exception for. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so yes, in answer to your earlier question, yes, my opinion did become more positive Okay. as the film went on. It's really strange because like the film starts, it doesn't really... It's a two and a half hour film. Yeah. Bit daunting. Yeah, at the outset, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, as the film comes goes along, it it, it it sort of does a better job of justifying its runtime. Yeah. Like, at the beginning, I was kind of, like, half an hour in, and I was like, I don't know how it's going to fill another two it, it's hours. A, it's a film of two halves, yeah. definitely. It's, it's the carnival and after. Yes, yeah. and then as it gets towards the end, it's like, right, I see the purpose of the stuff that we saw earlier yes. now. But, yeah, so it, like, opens with, like, Bradley Cooper... Like, setting fire to a house. Yes. Getting on a bus. He's at a carnival. Mm-hmm. He's offered a place to stay at the carnival. No, he's offered, like, work at the carnival. Yeah. Then he's offered a place to stay. Cliff notes. Mm-hmm. This is what it felt like to me. It felt like the film was giving me cliff notes. Mm-hmm. And so I led myself to the conclusion that this is the cold open, right? Okay. If this was, like, episode one of a TV series, this is the cold open mm-hmm. where we see a character who's ultimately not important. Mm-hmm. They go to the carnival... They get roped into the carnival. They get lulled into a false sense of security by the carnival. And then the carnival kill them. Right. Or send them to hell or turn them into an attraction Mm -hmm. or whatever it is the carnival does. Mm -hmm. And then the film is about the carnival. Sure. But it's like, it's Bradley Cooper. So it's like, okay, it's weird that they're like, he's the disposable Mm -hmm. character. Mm -hmm. What helped as well is that he doesn't speak at all. Yes. Not for a long time. Not like in that first 10 minutes, he does not speak. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's a moment where they send him into the fun house to like go and get something or get someone, and he finally says something, and I'm like, ah, cinematic language has taught me that now that the character speaks, and he he's in perish. a place where yeah, yeah, he will perish, but he doesn't perish. No, he starts speaking, and he just becomes the main character. So I was like, I was, I don't know, I was like weirdly not prepared for it because he goes into the fun house. Yeah, he meets. Uh, Tony Collette mm-hmm. gets a hand job off her mm-hmm. and then we're just like into act one I'm like yeah. oh okay right the film is started now yeah I I, th- I would agree that the fact he doesn't speak for so long and then he does and doesn't stop uh, it doesn't stop but he does and it's not extraordinary and doesn't it's like well why wasn't he saying anything this whole time yeah I don't think it ever really clears that up like, no because it's like he shares a lot of screen time with Willem Dafoe in the beginning yeah and he never speaks to Willem Dafoe so I thought well, maybe like he just has a weird thing about Willem Dafoe like they're going to reveal like a history about with it, with that character yeah it was like ah it recontextualizes that but no, he just starts talking to Willem Dafoe after a while I guess the idea is he's he's been watching everybody he's yeah. been observing silently you know 
He's a con man, essentially, yeah. isn't he? And the carnival as well, just like the fact that he does that like work for the carnival and then it's raining badly. Mm-hmm. And then Willem Dafoe just kind of like seemingly unmotivated goes, I got a bed over here if you want to sleep here for the night. Yeah. And then he's just like working for them. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, they're obviously up to something because they're just handing him all of these things. Mm-hmm. He's not earning his place. No, no. But no, he just, he does just sincerely start working for the carnival. Yes. Until he doesn't. Until he doesn't, yeah. Yeah. He goes off with Rooney Mara. Yeah, and that's when the film started to be like, right. Like, now that they've left, mm-hmm. I sort of see what the film is doing now. I see where it's going. It feels like it has direction. It now feels like a film. Yes. Rather than just like a like a TV series that they kind of adapted into a film. Well, it is an adaptation. That's the thing. Yeah. Of- an, an early noir film, uh, which was itself adapted from a book. I don't know if this is a, an adaptation of the book okay. or a remaking of the... Th- if you know what I mean. I like, see what I'm you're saying, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's probably a bit of both. Because, yeah, all that carnival stuff, I thought, it's weird this isn't a TV show. Well, it's, the problem is, as well, there's American Horror Story Freak Show, which has a lot of the same iconography. Yes. And so I was thinking a lot of that as I was, as I was watching it. Yeah. I don't have really much to say about the film other than... I like Bradley Cooper in it. Yeah. He, he was good. I like the cast in general. Mm-hmm. Thought they were really good. Um, Willem Dafoe as a carny. Fuck yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. Kate Blanchett as a cold uh, therapist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they all... Richard Jenkins doing whatever he's doing. I love Richard Jenkins. Yeah. I just love him in everything. He's I think, I think Del Toro does as well, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, he puts yeah. him in everything. What was the first thing he was in with Del Toro? I don't know. Was it Shape of Water? Or was he in something before that? I'm not sure if he was in something before, but I just get the impression, even if it is only those two. He's a favourite now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's locked in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's runtime would suggest a depth that isn't really there. I would say it's relatively shallow. Yeah. Relatively. Don't get me wrong, I like the film, but it's 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 straightforward. It's It doesn't kind of go that Well, it is. It is a genre. It's a period genre piece. It's a period genre piece. It, my main note about it, it's a proper film. It was just, <laughs> it was just nice to watch a proper film. Yeah. That, you know... Yeah, no bullshit, no... Yeah, old-fashioned yeah, filmmaking. It wasn't trying to be current or just be anything that it no wasn't. No politics. It was, you know, physical, effect, just well-made yeah. cinema. I don't a movie. Th- I don't think there's any filmmaker working today mm-hmm. that's as good as building a world no. as Guillermo del Toro. Some people would say Burton, uh, Wes Anderson. Here's the thing, though. Like, with del Toro, Tim Burton and Wes Anderson, they're both building these worlds from scratch. Mm-hmm. But they are artificial. Y- yes. They're, these arti- they're artifices. Yeah. They're artifices. Del Toro is creating reality from scratch. Yeah. Because this film really does feel like, oh, they just pop back to the 1930s to film this. Absolutely. There is not a, like, a thread out of place. Yeah. In the whole thing. The, what, weirdly, the thing that I kind of, like, solidified it for me is when he has that argument with Rooney Mara at the train station. Mm-hmm. And she runs into the men's bathroom. And she locks herself in the cubicle. And they're having a fight while there are just, like, men in the bathroom. Yeah. And it's, like, a big bathroom as well. So you can see, like, a few people in the background. Mm-hmm. Initially, they're, like focus on the commotion but then they just go back to taking a piss and like drying their hands yeah and stuff like that and I just I was just looking at it thinking there's nothing 
that like makes a world feel lived in more than just showing people living in it. Yeah. It's really clever that I and I don't know if that's something that is in the book, whether it is like this pivotal scene in the book, mm-hmm. but it's if not, it's a really good idea that he had that like really personal critical fight in this like crowded place. Yeah. Because it really places it within a world. Yeah, he's he's a great world builder. Yeah. Yeah, and it does just feel like you're going back in time. And he just has a way of writing that it's economical and mm. it's colourful. It's just it's just doing it. Yeah. It's just now the next thing. And it, like, like has... slightly to its detriment in the beginning because it did almost feel like Cliff yes. Notes. But yeah. yeah, when it settles into itself, it really does like it doesn't it doesn't mess you about. No. Yeah, when that climax hits, and obviously like the very end scene where it ties mm-hmm. like he's fallen from grace and it ties back into the carnival stuff. Well, that's my that's my one criticism. Okay. It's a minor criticism because I like it. Okay. But the ending's predictable. I knew it was going there as soon as it was mentioned in yes. the first act. No, yeah. Yeah. But the fact he's able to do that successfully and yeah. organically. Convincingly, yeah. Convincingly. Yeah. And it kind of makes you go, oh, okay, I, I understand why I've seen everything that I've seen. And I like the um, just the, the final shot of him kind of weeping and laughing yeah. maniacally, looking like a hobo. Yeah. yeah. I really liked that. Mm. Um yeah, it was predictable. But that's kind of, again, that's sort of, it's the ending it should have been. So that's one thing. But it's also, it feeds into what I like about the film, which is, yeah, it's an old-fashioned film. Like, it's mm. not going to blow your mind. And that's the thing, we are giving it a really good review, which yeah. I think it deserves. This isn't a remarkable, amazing film. Mm. It's just a really, it's a good one. It's a solid one. It's yeah. a solid film. Solid is the word I would use for it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know under what circumstances I'd present it to somebody right under what you'd recommend it. yeah it's yeah, like it's oh look, here's a really good film for its writing or here's a really good film for its cinematography or here's a really good film about this thing yeah but it, i think it's a good one just to have in like the i fancy watching something yeah and so, just, do, i don't, do like I don't da- know what I just like i want to watch a film yeah and it's like you like del toro well continue then yeah yeah you, this will this won't disabuse you yeah it's weird it's like um there were a couple of filmmakers last year where we were so, where their films, the latest film from them came out, and we were like, "Oh, it's it's like," I think yeah. it was Sorkin and, and Anderson, Anderson. Yeah. yeah, where it was like gen- the generic version of them. Yeah, yeah, it's their like middle ground. It's where- also all, also like reductio ad absurdum. Yeah, it's like where's what would a pure where's Anderson film be? Well, the French Dispatch. Yeah, yeah, but but it felt like them on autopilot almost it's a weird contradiction even though this is it's like yeah that is the most wes anderson film that ever wes anderson and yeah it just kind of feels like oh it's just another one See, I, I would i would characterize them slightly differently like wes anderson i wouldn't call it autopilot it, it is the most wes anderson film they can be yeah and therefore because it doesn't really care about narrative or structure or themes mm. or because it's pure Anderson. It yeah. loses all the other stuff that would make it great. Yeah. But I wouldn't call it... Being the Ricardos was autopilot. It's like, yeah. he's not doing his best. He's not trying his hardest here. No. It's just solid, kind of default Sorkin. Yeah. On an average day. Whereas the French Dispatch didn't feel average. It felt like, oh, he's really going all the way here. Mm. But because it loses everything else, yeah. it stops it from being a great film. Yeah, and it bleeds into... The Wes Anderson-ness. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that was just, you think, yeah, that was just another Wes Anderson film. Even though it, yeah, it's like the most yes. of those films it's that yeah. they've ever been. 
But with, yeah, with this one, it feels like another Del Toro film, but not in the same way that French Dispatch was just another Wes Anderson No, film. it's more along of being the Ricardo's vibe, I would say. In okay. that it's not a masterpiece. It's not him as bad. It's not Pan's Labyrinth. No. Uh, but it's solid. Yeah. It, it's better than being the Ricardo's, I would say. But it's it's not gonna it's not breaking the mold. It's not gonna blow your mind. It's just it's good. Yeah. And if you like him, you'll like it. Yeah. But it's just another one to add to the reel. It's not oh my god, this guy is just perfect. It's like yeah, more del Toro. Yeah. Also, I in my head, every time I think of his name, right? Because Guillermo is William in Spanish. Right. And Del Toro is I'm assuming the bull or of okay. the bull. So in my head, whenever I think it's Billy the Bull. Guillermo del Toro is Billy the Bull. Yes. Yeah. The Shape of Water by Billy, Billy the Bull. The Bull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we have anything more to say about it? Not really. And that shouldn't be taken as a negative. No. No. It's just because it's all good. Yeah. It's all just good, you mm. know. Um, I think I think two and a half hours, even though I'm yeah. not saying it's a negative at all, mm-hmm. it does justify its running time in the end. But I can see it um, dissuading people. Yeah, and two hours, it could have been two hours. Two hours would have been fine. If you'd really pushed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you could have done it. Um, There's a two-hour version of that film. Because the thing with a longer film is it, it suggests something. Mm. And when it's genre, it better be really good. And it better be deep. Or deeper. It was, I don't think it, its depth justified its running time. For me personally. Yeah. Like, I know we had the big bust up about Pig. But at least that's a short film, relatively speaking. It's yeah, that's like an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. It's not two and a half hours. No. So... Yeah, no, um, if, if you're going to put that much time into something, you would hope that you would come out having experienced... Having plumbed something? some depth. Yeah. Just going, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to think that after a two and a half hour film. You know? mm. I want to think, well, that's, it was, that was vital. You know, that, that was essential. I needed to see that, that. Yeah. I needed to have that in my life. This isn't that, but it's good. And if you like him, you'll like it. I think even if you don't like him, I can't imagine... No, it's like, very accessible. Yeah, like watching Nightmare Alley, I can't imagine why someone would go, oh, yeah, see, I don't like that Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, it's not like... Um, what's pure del Toro? It's not Hellboy. Or like... Um, you know, it's not the more fanciful creatures and all... Mm. It's it's more restrained. And yeah. It's not Pacific Rim either. You know, it's... No. It's like The Shape of Water. A period piece... With fantastical kind of elements, mm. but grounded. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say it's kind of a companion piece to The Shape of Water. Okay. Because that was set in the 50s, I think. Yeah. Both have a scene in a bath. They do, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Give it a go. Okay, yes. Yeah. I recommend it as well. Okay. Should we do our final film review? Hear me out. Yeah, justify it, please. <laughs> Explain your damn self. Hear me out. Um, yeah, at the time that we were p- supposed to record this episode, mm-hmm. we had nothing. Nothing at all. We had nothing to talk about. Joe Rogan uh, was not... No, that's not true, though. No? That's not true. We had Nightmare Alley. We had another film that we were going to talk about that we'll talk about on another podcast. Okay. There were things. Because you were sending me all these things like, oh, it's this blah, blah day. Let's no, don't this. spoil it. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what it is. It's this blah blah day. Let's talk about this vaguely related. No, film. you're spoiling it. How am I spoiling it? Because you, because the, I was gonna explain the the contrived circumstances. But they they don't know what of how what, I reached the thing. But no one's gonna know what date it is or what. No, what, but now they know it's gonna be like a. Oh, it's gonna be like a date related thing. And it's oh gonna, dear. Yeah. 
Right. So Jordan was looking for all these things and standing to me. And I'm thinking, we don't need this. We oh, don't we need are. to do this. Well, why didn't you say? Because I thought we, did, we didn't have stuff. Because you, ju- you just kept carrying on. I thought, right, he, there must be a reason he's doing this. <laughs> uh, so go on. Well, yeah. Like, Joe Rogan wasn't the most evil person ever. No. Um, uh, might, maybe. Like, the awards, the nominations, I don't think they'd happened yet. Yeah. And we had two films. Which I'm not convinced. Okay. Carry on. I felt we needed more content. Okay. So I thought, how can we generate more content? Okay. And I, I, I noticed by happenstance mm. that this is the 59th episode of the Fun Filter podcast. Mm-hmm. And February 28th mm-hmm. is the 59th day of the year. Okay. Um, Why is February 28th significant? Well, because it was a date that was vaguely close to when the episode was coming out. And I don't know how many times that's happened. I don't know how many times right. we've, like, vaguely coincided with the date oh, what, of the year. What a nothing that is. No, I know. But, like, I was really, like, I, we have to talk about something. And I can't just be like, yeah. oh, I'm going to talk about, like, a game that there I were, played recently that came out, like, ten years ago. There was probably one of the 20s was nearer, near to a 20th. I'm sure. Well, we might have even released an episode on like the day of the month. Can you like, imagine? Can you imagine if we had done that? Amazing <laughs> we would have like coincided yeah. and we'd missed it. I was being sarcastic. Yeah. Go on. But no, because the next episode is the 60th episode. Yes. So it's like, oh, if we wanted to, we could be like, oh, it's the 60th, you know, it's, it's a thing. Um, what? Like, oh, we've made it to 60, guys. Yeah. Woo. Right, okay. We could, we could do one of those. Yeah. But I thought, oh, no, it's kind of funny if like 59 was that. It's like, oh, this is the event episode. Right. Is this? Have we been in the event episode? No, no, no. This is right. not the event episode. <laughs> okay. This is when I was trying to figure out the thing. Right. Okay. So I thought, well, what? Okay, fifty nine. How would we mark the occasion? Oh, it's coming out like kind of close to the fifty ninth day of the year. <laughs> what is the fifty ninth day of the year? Right. Because every day is a day, right? Mm-hmm. Every day is something day. Mm. So I was having a look through, and it turns out that the fifty ninth day of the year, February twenty eighth, is National Teeth Day. No, hang on. Yeah, no, carry, yeah, go on. Go yeah, on. it's like National yeah. Teeth Day. Right. Or Look After Your Teeth Day okay. or something like that. Okay. And I was reading the thing and it said you can celebrate this by watching one of these, like I- experiencing like a piece of tooth-related media. Right. And I gave a list of films and amongst those films mm. was Tooth Fairy. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to get Sam to watch Tooth Fairy. You do realise, incidentally, that we told them what was coming up. So it was, it was never going to be a surprise anyway. Yeah, but it was like three years ago. They would have forgotten by now. <laughs> <laughs> or however, I just realised that However myself. long this episode has yeah. been, yeah. <laughs> They're not well, quite short. No, we're doing all right. For us, yeah. yeah, we're doing all right. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no. The, so, the Tooth Fairy starring so, No, the just Tooth Fairy, right? right? It's not the Tooth no, I think Fairy. it's the Tooth Fairy, isn't it? No, I don't think it is. Oh, well, you're the expert. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really not. I think it's Tooth Fairy. Okay. Uh, I think there is a film called The Tooth Fairy, so they called it Tooth okay. Fairy. As I, as I pointed out to you, there's also a film called Teeth, which is about a horror film about some woman who has teeth in her vag. Yeah, we could have watched that. But we didn't watch that. We, could, we also could have watched the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy. Why? Toothless the Dragon. That's just that scraping. And the title, at least, has got to conform to it. No, but like, if we're, if we're going with contrived, we don't have to though. We don't have to go with contrived because <laughs> that's the great thing. Like I've contri- like the contrivance to get to where I am now. Yeah, and like I've I've twisted it so far. It's like, and now we're reviewing an animated trilogy. Now anything's possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but no, uh, I thought I'd settle with just like a bad family comedy. Okay. Do you think it's a bad family comedy, Sam? Yeah. 
<laughs> did, did you not enjoy Tooth Fairy? No. 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 Did you not enjoy Dwayne The Rock Johnson? At a time where he was still The Rock, I think. Yeah. Uh, did you not enjoy Dwayne The Rock Johnson in The Tooth Fairy? I did not enjoy Dwayne The Rock Johnson in The Tooth Fairy. Did you not enjoy Stephen Merchant in The Tooth Fairy? I didn't even enjoy Stephen Merchant in Tooth Fairy. Well, that's a damning, <laughs> damning statement, isn't it? Whenever Stephen Merchant brings it up, weirdly brings it up a lot because on the press talk I think you would I think if you were complicit in the tooth fairy well, you'd no, bring only, it up only in this context Fighting With My Family which he directed was produced by Dwayne Johnson who you know who has a cameo in it as well yeah and so he often talks about how they, they met he said we met doing a film called Tooth Fairy you're welcome <laughs> you know he knows yeah oh he knows yeah yeah it's rubbish you know it's <laughs> it's uh, fucking wank yeah, it's, it's what it is it's fucking wank <laughs> it's um the first shot is a product placement. It's literally just like Coca-Cola. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, title card yeah. is like a Coca-Cola product placement. Yes, and that's not an exaggeration. It's the no. opening image and the title card. It's co- a Coca-Cola banner yeah. in the stadium, uh, the ice hockey stadium. Yeah. So what's it about? Um, it's about uh, a hockey player. Yeah, ice hockey player. Who, I don't, I don't watch ice hockey. Nor do I. I don't know the rules of ice hockey. Nor do I. But in the context of the film, it seems like Dwayne The Rock Johnson's only function is to, is to just beat other players up. Well, there's a lot of fighting in ice hockey. There is a lot of brawling. Now, yeah. I don't know whether that now means they've adapted to that and there are players who are commissioned as brawlers just to go out and pugilist somebody. Yeah. I doubt it. I doubt it. That probably is a, a dramatic invention. For the film. Because it's a hell of a... Because, like, he has um, his own, like, theme music. And he yeah. has accompanying graphics. Yeah. And he goes out and he beats a person up. And the crowd cheer. He's called the Tooth Fairy. He's called the, he tooth, the, he's called the tooth Fairy because he knocks the yeah. teeth out, yes. And, yeah, he even has, like, a persona. that he, Yeah. It's like they're really, really, really pushing, like, this... Oh, he's a wrestler. So now he's, like... We can't actually make him a wrestler. Because mm. we can't quite get that to work. And it's not family-friendly enough, I think. Yeah. So he's like an ice hockey player, but the function he serves in the ice hockey rink is basically the same as wrestling. Well, this is a kind of an open observation, if you will, but I don't know, again, anything about ice hockey. I don't know what the... So jockeys, they, they have to be short, tiny. Mm. Basketball players have to be fucking Tall. Olympian. Yeah. And by Olympian, I mean like Mount Olympus. Yes. Um, not Greek? Well, not an Olympic athlete. Oh, I see. Okay. Um I don't know what ice hockey players, if there is like a, they, they generally look like this, mm. but it doesn't feel like they look like Dwayne Johnson. No, <laughs> he feels wasted as yeah. a... Uh, Dwayne Johnson looks like a wrestler or a boxer, or he does not look like an ice hockey player. Or an player. NFL player. Or an, indeed, yeah, an yeah. NFL player. Not an, not an NHL player. Yeah. Could he not be a... Fo- why, yeah, why ice hockey? Why not like an NFL player? Because WWE did that... Um, I can't remember what it was called now. But they did like a extreme football or something. Oh, is it a gridiron or iron gr- something like that? I don't know what it was, but yeah, it was basically like it was American football, but you yeah. could like fight them, yeah, yeah on yeah. the pitch, yeah. And they only did it once because it was like really fucking not okay for the players involved. Yeah. Oh, they did it in real life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think with the film. Yeah. No, 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 right, no. It's actually okay. like a yeah, an it's event. an actual event they okay. held where it's like no holes barred. You're allowed to be violent. <laughs> while playing okay. uh, American football. Okay. And as you can imagine, it did not last long at all. No. No. Sounds like the longest yard. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he's this guy, <laughs> the Tooth Fairy, and he has a girlfriend. 
who has children. Who has two children. One is a emo teenage kid boy. Yeah. And the other, a little girl. Uh, a bright side, young... Tooth-dropping... Tooth-dropping... Toddler. A six-year-old that's in every film girl. Yeah. Her. Not, yeah. not the actress, by the way, just that type. Yeah, that, that character type, type yeah. Um, An emo kid is all emo kids in all films. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. Ugh. God, you're lame. Um, he plays guitar. He has his hair comes over his eyes. Yeah, it's not black, which annoyed me a bit. Like, yeah, it's like they couldn't it, quite it. stretch yeah. to it. Yeah, but yeah, his hair goes over his eyes and he plays guitar. And he scoffs at everything. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so right, so you see this woman, and then he's in debt. I think. Yeah, this he's is broke. like a weird. Again, like I don't know how much ice hockey players get paid. Nor do I. But if they have like. A stage name, yeah. <laughs> uh, if bit. they're a personality, yeah, like a but- bit because that character, if he was really established as the Tooth Fairy, mm. like I've heard of one ice hockey player, and that's mm. Wayne Gretzky. Right, he's, he's a hockey player. Well, I've only I've heard of him because he's considered the best ever. Right, right. He's just come up in places. Okay, I don't know any other ice hockey player. And we had a friend who liked the Cardiff ice hockey team. That's all I know about ice hockey. Okay, but I th- I I would think that if. Uh, the Tooth Fairy mm. was a thing and he was yeah. an ice hockey player then that character would be offered films called The Tooth Fairy he'd be a household name which, which like the film we watched could have been a film they made for The Tooth Fairy yeah yeah you know yeah no he would be the ice hockey player that people who don't watch ice hockey know yeah he'd be Wayne Gretzky yeah yeah. Um, I know it's like a lower league or something isn't yeah. it I don't know but no he's in a, he's in a position where he has to steal Tooth fairy money from under his girlfriend's daughter's pillow because he's that strapped for cash. Yeah. And it's not like this... Well, um, he he dentals people a sufficient amount that they have their own... Like, what what would you call it? Like, on the scoreboard, they have their own... Yeah, it's not quite a graphic, but, like, they've they've got... like constructed a... Yeah, they've got the lights synchronized and programmed in such a way that it creates, like, the tooth that goes around. Yeah, flying out. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah, carry on. Yeah, because they don't even play it as like, a, oh, he's just a bad person. No. It's like, I have the money. I'm just going to steal the money because mm-hmm. it's convenient. And also, she needs to learn that the Tooth Fairy doesn't exist at some point. So, mm-hmm. I'm actually doing her a favor. No, he legitimately just doesn't have the money. Yeah. She takes the dollar that he gave her. Yeah. Um, a dollar, by the way, to play poker. Yeah. I, mean, he, I don't know yeah, about poker did, either. But. He didn't have enough money to, like, enter. Like, he didn't have enough entrance yeah. money. But that dollar made all the difference. And then, yeah, so he, he wins, I guess, because in the next breath, he's offering her a lot of money. Yeah, he's, like, bribing her. Yeah, yeah. Like, as the mother is, like, pretending to look for the money, but she's actually getting more money out of her purse. Yeah. He, like, gets out, like, a wad of cash and goes, right, you you tell me to stop when the tooth fairy came. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. Which is the only bit we laughed at. Oh, I, I wasn't even in the room. No, you I went think. for a cigarette. <laughs> I, think. I think I went for a sandwich. All right. Okay. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. But no, like, that's like, oh, he's bribing her now. It's a, like a weird turn this yeah. one took. And then, then what happens, George? What's the inciting incident? Um, and then he goes to tell her that the Tooth Fairy mm-hmm. isn't real, but the girlfriend intervenes and goes, oh, I found your money. It was on the floor yes. all along, you stupid kid. Go, yeah. go, go get the money. Yeah. And so Dwayne The Rock Johnson goes to home. Yes. To bed, mm-hmm. into home. And he dreams... That he has wings. Yeah. And then he is in Tooth Fairy corporate headquarters. Yeah. Because this is one of those films. It's not a dream. 
you should say. Well, no, it's framed as a dream. Yes. And then it's not a dream. That's not. Oh. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, it, it, this film does the thing where it's like, hey, you know, like the. Um, I hate it. The me- I hate it. The, 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 the fantasy thing that you're all familiar with. Yeah, it's just like, like this big corporate office thing. Now. I don't know why it ticks me off as much as it does. Because it, it, it's not like a trend or trope that you see that often. Not in stuff of this caliber. Like no. we said before, like university films. That's yeah. basically all they are. That might be what it is. It just seems so lazy. Yeah, it's like... It's the equivalent of a Jimmy Carr joke. It's like, oh, I'm doing... just It's it's an offensive joke. It's like, it's their version of, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we like made adult and boring this fantastical thing? Yes, exactly. It's such an easy thing to do. No, it is, yeah. And it's like, oh, also we're kind of saying something about it because it's yeah, all yeah. like... The- and and I think it's because everybody think because it's done at that level. It's one of those things where everybody thinks they're the first person to do it. Right. I thought I was being like uh, clever mm. when I did the whole oh death is like a, a bu- bureaucratic. It's bureaucratic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the person who's just died is being confronted by someone who's like asking them questions about their life and their death. To see where they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like limbo is just paperwork. Right. To decide if you go to heaven or hell or not. Yes. Oh, isn't that such a clever, wonderful idea? Turns out it wasn't. <laughs> Every fucker does it. <laughs> Every fucker does yeah, it. Yeah, that and like filming something on a beach. They're the two universities. Oh, yeah. To, it, which you also did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not did for your project. Oh, though. shit. Did we film something in black and white? We might have, we might have filmed something and then put it in black and white. <laughs> we didn't. There was like one of the first films I saw somebody make at uni was like, like a suicide film. It was someone. A snuff in, film. No, 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 no. It was just like they, they were depressed so they committed suicide. On and, film. Yeah. No. But like. Yeah, I, but I, no. I get you. But yeah, it was in black and white, and they were moping around the house, being all miserable. Yeah. And then they went for a walk, and then they ended up at a train station, and they jumped. <laughs> the way they did it was like they stepped to the edge of the platform, and then they jumped onto like an empty train track, and then it hard cut to like a train coming, <laughs> and like you didn't see it hit the person because the person clearly wasn't there yeah, anymore yeah. but it just went past where they jumped right right I was like oh this person yeah, just yeah. killed themselves right okay it was one of those like oh su- <laughs> suicide is not how okay how gauche is that though like just, you're, spo- you're actually showing the suicide yeah like classier films imply it yeah <laughs> if you want to be like showing the gritty like how horrible it is you you show the whole thing like the noose around the neck and, yeah yeah but that is just like it's so juvenile <laughs> to do that isn't it <laughs> Rather well, than it's, it, it, or... it was clearly like budget limitations, but it was also yeah, yeah. just the the immaturity to know that like this is not a tasteful yes yeah, way tasteful. Of, of like bringing attention to suicide budget, or whatever it is they were planning to budget do. Budget limitations should inspire innovation and like clever storytelling. Yeah, it's like you imply what they're going to do mm. rather than you know that's more subtle and it's more rewarding. You don't, <laughs> don't just like film it shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, they do that. But they don't even do it well in Tooth Fairy. Because mm-hmm. Julie Andrews? Yeah, the depressing thing is I had watched Mary Poppins, I think, the day before. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. So what a fall from grace. No. Yeah. She even does the thing where she, like, flutters down, yeah. doesn't she, in the Tooth Fairy. Yeah. But, again, filmed shit. Because she's just clearly standing... And they're like moving the background to well, make the, it look like she's The falling. rings are shit, aren't they? They're like stuck on. I'm con- like, that has to be a joke, right? You'd think, but I. I no. it's, a, it's a joke that I think is slightly above the film. It's above the film. It's a Garth Marenghi kind of joke. Yeah. It's, I think it's purely. There are so many of them, the extras. Mm. They just made up some wings and stuck. Yeah. Because there are loads of them. There but are like the wings, hundreds of them at some point. Not only are they like felt wings that are yeah. too small for the people and have like that kind of like fake feathery yeah. 
like pillow stuffing stuff around them. They've got holes in them. Yeah. Billy Crystal's wing is stuck on with sellotape. Oh yeah, he's in it. Yeah, that's depressing that you bring in Billy Crystal to do what's clearly 10 minutes of improv. Yeah. And it's just that thing of they set up the camera and they film him being Billy Crystal. Yeah. That's welcome. I like Billy Crystal. Yeah. But it does get jarring when you, I think I said to you like, this scene is still happening. Yeah, it is. It's just, it's like a cue scene. They literally it? used all the improv that they filmed with Billy Crystal. Yeah, yeah. They must have done. It's the scene where he goes to the gadget guy. Yeah. And like, here's your blah, blah, here's yeah, your blah, blah. it's the cue. It's the cue scene. It should be a couple of minutes. Mm. And it's just him riffing. Yeah. And going off on tangents and I didn't mean that. I meant this and I'm going to talk about this. Like, why did, Why am I still watching this scene? And like, I, in fairness to them, I think he does use every gadget that is introduced to him. Okay. But even so. Yeah. You probably could have filmed a version of this film where he doesn't have to use the 19 gadgets. Yeah. The Billy Crystal shoves at him. Yeah. But yeah, Julie Andrews is like the head of the uh, the bureaucratic tooth fairy bureau, whatever it's called. It doesn't yeah. have a name. They didn't even no. do that. They didn't even call it like, oh, hello, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Welcome to Tooth. They do- which stands for <laughs> yeah. the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. The organization or of, yeah. you know, the organization of tooth handlers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll quit parallel. <laughs> Off the um, oh my god, that was so fucking good. No, the, the problem, one of the problems is, like, okay, fine, you're doing the, the tooth collection as a bureaucracy. I never know why, what they do with the teeth. Yeah, she keeps, like, she keeps saying, like, oh, the reason that we're, like, you're on tooth fairy duty, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Which, again, could be, like, a funny little thing where it's, like, oh, it's, like, jury duty. Everyone has to be a tooth right, fairy. Right, yeah, yeah. But the problem... But there are a lot of, um... I suppose for 2009, more timely, fairy jokes. There are a lot of fairy yeah, jokes. They clear, fairy they, hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they clearly get a lot of mileage. They get more mileage out of fairy than they do out of tooth, which I feel yes. like is not the film that I... That, that's not what you've signed up for. Yeah, that's not the film I wanted. There are more puns than I wanted, really, tooth-wise. There yeah. are quite a lot on there. Yeah, there's a few, but yeah. it, they really, like, they're, they're on it with fairy. It's yeah. like everything. Get your fairy hands off me, you fairy man. Yeah. You want a fairy fight? Like, it's, yeah. it's literally, like, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like... You got AIDS, fairy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Um, yeah, but, it's like, with, with Santa, right? Hmm. I know why he... It's pure benevolence, isn't it? He's just like... He, he wants children to be happy if they've deserved it. Yeah. I get that. Never really clear on why they collect no, the teeth. No, because that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, his punishment is like, oh, the the reason that we are continuing to punish you is because you violate the ethics of fairydom or whatever it is they're saying. Whatever, yeah. Um, like, it's against our code. It's against our uh, our creed. So, well, I'm not a fairy. Yeah, so and also, what is your fucking God, creed? It's just like, it's like the Danish cartoons. It's like, oh, in, in Islam, it's, uh, it's profane to draw the prophet. Mm. I'm not a Muslim. <laughs> I can draw it. Yeah. It's fine. You don't have to. Yeah. Fucking look at that. It's yeah. just standing in front of the Muslims going, look, he's got a beard. Oh, look how long his beard is. But yeah, you can't violate the fairy code of ethics if you're not a fairy, yeah. can you? It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. But also, what the fuck are the fairy code of ethics? Yeah. Why, why are you no a tooth idea. fairy? What, what do they do with the teeth? At the very least. He says that, doesn't he? He yeah. says, like, here's your tooth. Do whatever. Do whatever you want with it. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, you're no. not, you, you're not going to answer that? Yeah. I thought, right, the one thing about... Well, I know Stephen Merchant's in it. He had a bigger role than I knew he would. Yeah, he's like he the secondary... Like, in terms of the fairy world, he's yeah. the secondary character. Yeah, he's his direct kind of overseer, yeah. his manager. 
Um, nah. Nah? He didn't do it. He didn't bring it. He didn't bring the merchant. Well, he was, uh, he was Stephen Merchant. But it was, yeah, their big eyes. It was way too much, though. Yeah, it was. It was gurning. It was a gurning performance. They obviously he knew he was in a family film. Yeah, it was big. It was a big. <laughs> yeah. performance. he knew he was in a family film, so he's like, "Oh, I'll get the nightmare eyes out." I know. Yeah, they're not goofy. They are terrifying, <laughs> aren't they? You know, he yeah. does the bit, doesn't he? In, in the Hello Lady stand-up, where he gets the camera. Yeah, and just goes up close. <laughs> yeah, to it. and oh. it is like like something. Yeah, like a fisheye lands on. Yeah, the, like yeah. if you saw that at the foot of your bed, it's like the last thing yeah. you hear before the like the tearing of cartilage. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. It's a horrifying image. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be great for the. Kids. Well, you've perfectly cast as that serial killer in Four Lives. Yeah, it's like one anyway. <laughs> um, no, he does look. He looks like a pedophile, doesn't he? He does look like a pedophile. <laughs> I love, love, love Stephen Merchant. Yeah. He does look like a pedophile. He's yeah, he's, he's, like the eyes are already bulging. He's yeah. he's a ropey looking bloke. Yeah, yeah. But no, he didn't. You know, it wasn't enough. It, it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't enough of him, or he wasn't doing enough of his. Like with Wheatley, Portal Two, brilliant, mm. right? Brilliantly scripted, mm. and I'm sure most of it was. But you could tell he was ad libbing as well. He was throwing in some Merchant, like I, definitely. I really, really don't know. Yeah, is- because they're, they're, they're like his. It's hard to explain his mode of speaking and th- and things that he would say like on the podcast. Yeah, th- they're in there. Oh, like yeah, the cadence of Merchant couldn't not be... not the cadence, but it's hard without thinking of an of an example. But um... the only reason I'm skeptical is because there is uh, demo footage of Portal Two, which had the original voice actor for Wheatley, and mm. the lines are basically identical. Okay, well, I think... The delivery is obviously completely different. Yeah, yeah. And it's the delivery that really sells it, but I well, don't know. he said they let him ad-lib. I'm not sure how much they kept in there. If he said it, then, but, then yeah, they yeah, must yeah. have done, yeah. Um, the only reason I was sceptical is because the only knowledge I have of the original Wheatley, it's basically the same as okay, okay. The, the final Like one. I said, it would be tiny things. I can't remember them off the top of my head. But um, he was, you know, he was bringing the merchant thing to it. Mm. And there was none of that in this. There were no, like, oh, he clearly, that was his... Addition to yeah, it. I guess that's yeah. It's weird that he was used as a performer rather than as a a resource. A ta- like, yeah, a talent. It's harder to kind of get that through a major studio. Mm. It's hard to filter that stuff through the more idiosyncratic yeah. stuff. But it's like um, it's like Jim Carrey. Like if you're hiring Jim Carrey, then it's for him to be Jim Carrey. Yeah, you know. See the Sonic, the next, the other trailers for it. Oh, are there more trailers? I think they're shorter, but there are more, yeah. Okay. For the Super Bowl, bunch of trailers right. for the Super Bowl. John Peel's new film, Doctor Strange trailer, yada, yada, yada. Oh, I think I saw the Doctor Strange trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fucking Patrick Stewart is in it, isn't he? Oh, is that who it was? Well, oh, he... oh, as fucking Professor X. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be awful. Oh, let's not go into that. It's going to fucking let's suck. Go it's going to be the worst, like... Yeah. Do you know what the worst thing the Doctor Strange film could be is good? Why? Because then I have to, like... Because at the moment, it's, like, everything that I hate about that type of filmmaking. Right. And you'd have to reassess your worldview. Not necessarily. Like, I was okay with being wrong about Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Because it was good. Like, I didn't think it was going to... I thought it was just going to fall apart. It's like, there's no way this film is going to hold together. Mm-hmm. And it did. Yeah. It found a way of, like, having all of those characters be in that story. And it still had a main character. It still had a strong villain. It still had... It was a film. Yeah. Not necessarily a self-contained film, but it was still, like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a thing. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just, like, this, it's pure, like, 
not even fan service. It's just like everything that we've complained about about Marvel, about their like appropriation mm-hmm. of the past, their kind of canonizing of everything that wasn't back-canoning. A, back-canoning. Yeah. The fact that they're like bringing back characters that had a definitive ending. The fact that they're like making excuses for it as well, where it's like, oh, this is just like another version of the thing. Mm-hmm. The thing that you still like still exists. Mm-hmm. It's just that we've also made this the definitive version, just so you know. Yes. And there's so fucking much of it. Mm-hmm. Like, they said that, like, one of the first things they said about, well, one of the more recent things they said about it anyway, was that, like, the Doctor Strange movie is going to have more Marvel characters in it than any Marvel film before it. As though that means anything. As though that means anything, but also, like, right, so Endgame is now, like, mm. the 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 value, not the value, the um, impact of Endgame is lessened with every Marvel film. Well, it's just it just proves what they value. Yeah. Or, or what they think we value, and also like it's like it's they're not saying, oh, it's it's the the most brilliantly written. No, it's there are more of the character. There are more people in this yeah. than there because that's what we're supposed to care about. Mm. You know, it's stuff. It's, it's stuff. Stuff. The amount of stuff yeah. that it, we're alluding st- to stuffer than ever than stuff has ever stuffed in any other yeah. stuffy fucking stuff. And like when I was saying, I, I don't know whether I said it in the No Way Home review or like mm-hmm. afterwards or whatever. But when I was like, oh, they've done the Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire thing now. Mm-hmm. It's nice that they did it, but they're probably going to put that to bed. No, they're like, they might be in it. Oh, right, okay. They're probably going to be in it. In fact, they're probably going to be in the next Avengers. Like, mm-hmm. they're just they're just Marvel characters now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alternate Spider-Man, they're just Marvel characters. And also Sony is thinking about putting an Andrew Garfield film in development and also a Tobey Maguire film in development. Let's stop. So we've also got Spider-Man 4 <laughs> and Amazing Spider-Man 3 and they're in Avengers and they're in the MCU. So to theory. And so this is, that, that's what I mean when I say the worst thing it could be is good is because I have to I get, I get you. praise something you have to contend with it. Yeah. that is like fucking disgusting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So to theory. Yeah, to theory is not very good. It's but not it's, good. It's, it's not, not yeah, it's not even a good bureaucracy because no. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has to deliver every individual tooth that he collects to Julie Andrews in person. Personally, yeah. The person, like, the boss. The person who runs the company. Yeah, just drops it on a desk. Yeah, can you imagine, yeah. like, I don't know, you work at McDonald's, right? Mm. And every single transaction that you transact, mm. you have to personally deliver the money to the CEO of McDonald's. Even if they've done something like that, like, to them, it's money. Or, you know, it it fuels something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Something. Just something. Where do the teeth go? Mm. Where do they go in a big like locker? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like ah, now we have teeth. Why? Yeah, what, what nefarious do- plan do you have for the, my for my teeth? Yeah, because I think the half. Or well, they could have just made a joke about it. They could have been like, whatever it is you do for the teeth. Yeah. Oh yeah, she could have just like, thrown it. Yeah, yeah flippantly yeah. tossed it away. Yeah. It's like oh yeah, I don't know why we collect the teeth. Yeah, yeah. It's like a just one of those things you do. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Or he could have been like, you know, whatever it is you do with the teeth, and then they go, oh, no, 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 we don't talk about... Like, yeah, uh, Soil and Green is people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like... Don't, that's the one, qu- the first... Yeah, Stephen Merchant, like, pulls him aside and goes, you do not, you do not, you do not, the, not fucking talk about that's the That's the level teeth. of the film as well, like a Fight Club reference. The first rule of Tooth Fairy Land is we do not ask where the where teeth, teeth go. go. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, the, the half-assed gesture that the film makes towards explaining it's just to preserve the wonder of children mm. that they do take the money blah 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 you know but it still doesn't explain like this whole administration it's like yeah what 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 are you getting out of it uh, yeah okay the wonder <laughs> of kids whatever also doesn't i know it's for children i suppose mm. but 
it doesn't really address what about parents who, who put money under their parents uh, under their children's uh which hello which he does he does and she does yeah so are they like are they appropriate are they culturally appropriating the fairy <laughs> like are they stopping them from doing their jobs i don't know do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, 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 I can see a tooth fairy like uh, another fucking dollar. Take it. And just, it has to be their dollar. And they replace it. <laughs> like, their fucking my dollar. Or like, because yeah. um, that'd be fun, right? If um, Julie Andrews is like, it used to be the case where we would uh, take the money from under the child, like take the tooth, put the money under the child's pillow. Mm. But since nobody believes in us anymore, mm. now we have to take the teeth off the parents. Right. So like it's actually like he's gonna it's like a little subversion where he's actually like sneaking into the parents' room mm-hmm. and like getting it out the bin or something or a ro- a rogue tooth fairy yeah that is kind of you can make him a sympathetic like a cobra or a um a, a, a killmonger where like I sort of get it it's like because no one believes anymore <laughs> I sort of get it yeah I, okay go on go on as in like you you and they're sympathetic villains aren't they you yeah, you yeah. get where they're coming from um. A, t- a tooth fairy, like everyone's lost their faith. Yeah, and he's like, "Fuck these humans! They don't like care about wonder." <laughs> right. And so he goes to the children's bedrooms and he takes he the takes dollar. the money and puts yeah. the teeth. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so great, yeah. like what a great villains. Like he's profiting. And oh, so now yeah. it's like, um, oh, we were about like it's this weird like symbiotic thing mm. because tooth incorporated or whatever the fuck they're yeah, called. Yeah. They're like, look, we were about to go under. Mm. Like. All children had lost faith in the Tooth Fairy. There was no business left. And then this guy comes along. And now, out pure responsibility, the only thing that we do now is we replace the teeth that he replaced the money with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, even though this guy stands for everything that we hate, yeah. we have to, like, keep him around. Because yeah. he's the only way that we generate business. Yeah, because also, he's taking the money. So it's not even like... Not only are the parents taking the jobs away from the fairies, yeah, the kids don't even have the wonder, yeah, because they don't get the money and the teeth aren't taken, yeah. So it's they're just losing across the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy is like a fly in the ointment. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's not the film we watched. No, 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 no. The film we watched, he just he goes to houses. Yeah, he doesn't even. Yeah, he like tries to be a tooth fairy. Doesn't do it very well. He's like a grapple hook, isn't he? Right? Is he? Oh, I, I, maybe I'm misremembering it because he can't fly. That's the whole. Yeah. Thing they're building up to. Well, no, he, like, he misuses the gadgets. Or, like, he uses the gadgets in the manner that they're intended, yeah. but it's a dangerous experience for him. Yeah, yeah. So then he misuses the gadgets. Like, he, he throws the, the forgetful powder in people's faces. Yes, yeah, whenever he feels like it. Whenever he feels like it, and they just forget who they are. Yeah. Which is, like, a haunting... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...repercussion, but the, the film never touches yeah, on. Yeah, some uh, colloquial, colloquially known as Cosby dust. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh god, I think it is a black family as well. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Where it's like, yeah, these like um, husband and wife that have clearly been married for fifty years. They're like, who are you? Where am I? <laughs> and the film just goes, oh, isn't that funny? Um, Savile's flower, as they call it. Yeah. Oh, and then yes, then fucking Seth MacFarlane shows up. Oh yeah, and a weird little cameo. And he's like, hey, buddy, you want to fucking uh, yeah, you you want to fucking buy some gadgets on the cheap? Yeah. And he's like, no, I've already got gadgets and they're like you know they want you to fail right mm. they want you to fucking fail he doesn't swear but you no. know he says they yeah. want you to fail and this convinces him to buy the black market gadgets yeah actually buy them as well mm. like this this puts a this this like drives a knife into the heart of teeth of currency theory because he pays Seth MacFarlane actual real actual world money. money yeah legal tender in fairyland yeah 
Well, okay. So and then and then later on in the film, he's like, "Oh, I'm going to do it my way," and he yeah. just puts on like hockey gear. Yeah, and which doesn't help at all. No, it's just fusing the two worlds that we that we know. Yeah, it's because like the guitar comes in, he's like, "I'm the tooth fairy." It's like, oh, yeah. now he's doing it his way. Well, it, again, like, what's he doing? Like, what's different? You don't change to, his strategy. Back to Stuart Lee, it's like that. I'll, I'll say the, the phrase carpet remnant world and then I'll repeat that about 10 minutes before the end and that will give the illusion of structure. Yeah. It's like, it. it's supposed to feel meaningful mm. that he's wearing the hockey thing. Like, yeah, he, it, he's now, he's now empowered and he's now synthesized. <laughs> like he's, what's the word I'm looking for? We're not going to do that again. There's a word I'm looking for that's appropriate. Okay. He's become the one, you know, yeah. he's put it all together. And no, it's just doing what he did anyway, but wearing hockey pads. Yeah, I don't wear a rocky pet. Um. And, and they and they have that moment near the end of the film anyway, where he kind of like, well, it's not specifically that moment, but he's on, he's at a hockey game, actualized. Go on, actualized. Yeah, okay. But yeah, he's at a hockey game, and he doesn't hide the fact that he's an actual tooth fairy. No, that's the big kind of third act thing. Well, okay. So what are the other little arcs? The kid who doesn't doesn't like him, and then they get along, and then he said the kid plays guitar, but he's too nervous to play it at the show. Yeah. At the rock show. And so, then Dwayne Johnson's like, no, you should. Playing drums for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'll, I'll help you practice. So he plays drums with the kids. Kid also has a drum set. Kid also has a drum set. <laughs> um, but he doesn't play drums at the talent show? No. The so, kid isn't going to go because Dwayne Johnson... Well, that's the big arc, isn't it? Is yeah. That he's not for dreaming. Doesn't believe in dreaming. No, dreaming is dreaming gets you nowhere. It, it disappoints you. So you should set, set your bar low, yeah. standards low. And you'll meet them. Yeah. Uh, and then he says to the kid, look, it's not going to happen. You're not going to be a famous musician. Yeah. <laughs> it's such like, I know what they're doing, like the stru- structurally, but it's such a turn of, like no <laughs> one would do that. No. All of a sudden just go to a kid and then the kid's like, oh, he cries, fuck you. And then the mother's like, what's up with you? He's like, I had a bad day. <laughs> so what he actually says to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, he, he reawakens or whatever. What what causes it? When he falls out, he starts helping Stephen Merchant be able to deliver money. Yeah, which is not Stephen Merchant's job. No, he's then like an administrator. Yeah, and then he just he's like he climbs a tree and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So Stephen Merchant doesn't have wings. No, some fairies don't have wings. Yeah, it's in their biology. Some fairies do, and some fairies don't. Yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is not a fairy. But he's given wings. But he's given wings. Why do they hate Stephen Merchant so much? Yeah, so it's... So are there there actual fairies? Or are the fairies just people that are on fairy duty, like jury duty? Yeah, are they a species or are they like... like, Yeah, is there an attachment that you put on them? Yeah, because if you can be... If you can turn a human into a fairy and give them wings... Why can't you use that same technology, magic, whatever let's, it is? To let's, address, let's address the elephant in the room. This is clearly um, not uh, well written. <laughs> this is clearly an allegory for the homosexual community. <laughs> it's clearly an allegory for, you know, it's like, oh, he's just a human, but then he realizes he's a fairy and he flies. <laughs> like, you know. What, what, where does Stephen Merchant fit into that analogy, though? Um, some men have dicks he, and some don't. He it's is in their a fairy, biology. but he doesn't have wings. He's closeted. Right, okay. He is gay, but he, he, you know, he can't fly. Right, okay. Yeah. And so... And then Dwayne The Rock Johnson teaches him how to, how to cottage in glory holes. <laughs> and Julie Andrews goes, I commend you for your efforts. Here yeah. is a medal in the shape of wings. A phallus. 
yeah, oh, in the shape of wings. In yeah. the shape, yeah, yeah. In this analogy, yeah. in the shape of a phallus, rather than you actually having a phallus, we're going to pin a metal phallus to you. Yes, to taunt you every day. Well, it's like you can go to a gay bar. Doesn't make you gay, you know. It's like, right. Or, or okay. you can be, you can be bi. Okay. <laughs> be bi. We'll give you that. We'll give you bi. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah he, then, he falls out with Stephen. He Merchant. falls out with Stephen Merchant, and then for no reason, no, when he's at, he's struggling playing ice hockey. Oh, that's a, yet another th- uh, thread. Is the there's weirdly like a lot. There's going a on. lot. Yeah, like, yeah. We were thinking, how are they going to wrap this all up in one? Yeah, bow? they don't really. No. Yeah, he 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 sincerely wanted you know he wanted to play ice hockey and do it properly, mm. but then he got injured mm. and he got angry. He got in a fight at the next game and knocked someone's tooth out. Yeah. And then they said to him, you're good at that, do that. That's all he's done since. That's how he got the name the tooth Yeah, fairy. he's yeah. never even tried to score. Yeah. And then his courage, his confidence is built up, but then it all crashes after he falls out with everyone and loses everything. Then Stephen Merchant just appears at the game. Yeah. I was like, yeah, go on, do it. So he goes for it and he scores, mm. which is a compromise of the Rocky rule, which yes. isn't acceptable. Yes. He should have gone for it and missed because mm. he can't have everything. I know it's a kid's film, but that's a good lesson to learn. And then yeah. he gets his wings and he flies off and he goes and convinces the kid to play at the rock show. At the, at the talent show. And then he flies the kid there. It didn't he? I forgot that. Yeah, they fucking yeah. fly to the okay. talent show. And then he's he's at the talent show. And then... The kid plays. The kid plays Smoke on the Water. Which is the easiest like, thing. The I can't believe, yeah, because like he's in the he's in the shop and he plays Smoke on the Water and Dwayne Johnson's like, fucking hell, you're such a good guitarist. <laughs> yeah, like he was shredding. Yeah. I think he even says that, doesn't he? Shred- I know he's like trying to like boost his confidence. Yeah. I know he's only 13 as well, but yeah. like, it's a bit like, it's, I don't know. It, it, uh, School of Rock did better than that. It did do better yeah. than that. Yeah, it actually found someone who could fucking play yeah. guitar. But it's so funny. As soon as like Dwayne the, John- Dw- Dwayne the Johnson... <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne the John walks in. <laughs> as soon as Dwayne the Johnson walks off into the store um, <laughs> like the kid starts like playing the guitar he plays one note yeah and a girl teenage girl appears yeah 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 and hey you're really good hey you're really good and then there's another kid that's like what the fuck are you talking to him for <laughs> a kid um, that would like in any other film would be bullied by the guy currently playing guitar yeah would would be the main kid yeah yeah he's it, not he's not like you know He's not a big fat oaf. He's not like um. He's porky. He's portly. He's, but he's, he's got he's got like a bit of puppy fat too. Okay, him. but he's not like Kevin's older brother in Home Alone. He's oh, not no, like no. Buzz. He's not. Doesn't have a bone through his nose. No, no, no. He's not that um. Who's that? The, the one from The Simpsons, not Nelson. But you know, like you got that Jimbo, the trio of yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, like yeah, one talks like that. You know. Oh, not Kearney, not, I think. Yeah, Kearney, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like he's he's not that. No. Yeah, anyway, so then he... Yeah, and then like he's in the shop. He's like, fuck you guys, stay away from my bitch. Yeah. And then Dwayne, Dwayne the Johnson comes along yeah. and goes, hey! Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I can fucking beat you up. Yeah. And then he runs away. And, and the, the, the teenage boy, who's been all flippant and dismissive of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, instantly friends. You're all right. Yeah. Yeah. Narrow the eyes. Wag the finger. Yeah. You're all right. You're all right. Um, yeah, so then he plays Smoke on the Water... And then everyone joins him. Yeah, like a band forms around him. Someone yes, goes on, like spontaneous. Yeah, thing. someone gets on the drum kit, someone gets on yeah. the double bass, someone gets on something else. And and like he looks around when yeah. they start playing. Clearly not planned because he looks at them in surprise. Yeah, oh my God. This is yeah. Like 12, the idea of 12 and 13 year olds like, 
knowing it well enough that they can keep in time and they can add their own thing to it. Yeah. What bullshit. <laughs> I played when I was 12 in school talent shows and yeah. no one could play a note. <laughs> and it was like, I'll just sing anyway. And yeah. just, they can do their thing. Yeah. Um, so, and then he proposes to his girlfriend and she's like, what? And he's oh, like, oh yeah. Ah, he's like, joking. hey, we should get married. Yeah. Well, because what's the thing she says to him? It's a payoff to an earlier... Oh, yeah, because he says, um, he says, what if we got married? Yeah, I, earlier in the film, she says to him, you never say what if. Yeah. And then she goes, what? And he goes, ah, I just said what if. Ha, ha, yeah. ha, ha, ha. She's like, ah, fuck you, you can't. <laughs> yeah. And that's the end, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and then and then Julie Andrews is like, so you're going to forget everything now? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I asked you this during the film. I'm going to ask it to you again, Go see on. if you have an answer this time. Is Dwayne the Johnson like a, like a, like a famous hockey player? Well, we, we talked about this, like... We don't know how famous you can get being an ice hockey player, but but, but yes, obviously. Based reasonably. on what is depicted in the film, does it look like amateur ice hockey or like B tier ice hockey, or does it look like the big league? I think it's probably like the equivalent of Division One. Okay, so the Premiership, the Championship, Premier League, yeah, Champions League. Or something then like division one division two okay he's probably in like the, th- the third division right you know? okay yeah so like a known like people well, would still watch it he would be known if yeah. not the team or that he would be known yeah but people would still watch it right it's not yes. it, it's not the type of ice hockey where it's like oh yeah people would that would go viral there, yeah. there was youtube in 2009 yeah there, there would be footage of him no yeah but this is what i was yeah, gonna say yeah. like let's the, 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 yeah let's just pretend for example that no one is going to record this on their mobile phones. Yeah. Surely this ice hockey at this level is recorded and televised. Yeah, because they they Cosby dust everyone in the stadium. Yeah, they? like like Stephen Merchant comes out on a little, um, not Zumba, what they called? Zamboni. Zamboni. Comes with, out on a little with like Zamb- a Gatling gun on it. Yeah, with dust. Yeah, everyone yeah. just stands still Yeah, yeah as yeah. he's like spraying dust on people going, it's all right. Yeah, also 2009, big sporting arena, what looks like a fucking tank. There's a aiming at you. Just, ah, yeah, 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 nobody runs away. Um, but yeah, like he sprays the dust on, he sprays his dust on people. Yeah. Steve Merchant at the he end of the film. Now dust. he has his wings. Yes. Sprays his dust on all spectators. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't, it doesn't erase. It doesn't go, it doesn't escape the stadium. Yeah. Well, well that would have been like a good Watchmen style ending, wouldn't it? Is that like, the film resolves, mm. everyone's forgotten. And then one of them goes home and just opens their phone, sees a video, like, did I record that? <laughs> yeah. Bug-eyed, smashed the credits. Yeah. Like, that'd been a good ending. Breaking news. Dwayne the Johnson is the tooth fairy. Well, like, you don't go that far, but just the suggestion that, like, it's going to go... Yeah. It's going to go... Yeah, <laughs> it's like the ending of Rise of the Planet of the Apes, where his nose is bleeding, and then you see that he's, like, going to fly into an Well, it's like the ending of Watchmen, where, like, it's like, oh, just, fuck, I don't know, get something from the junk pile. Mm. And then it pans over to Rorschach's journal, like, October 1st. 1985. Yeah. A comedian died. Like, oh, the world's now going to know. Mm. Which they never capitalized on. For, that's the one thing I don't like about, um, well, there's many things I don't like about Watchmen, the, the limited series. Mm. But the implication of the ending of the graphic novel is all of it was in vain because they're going to publish his journals. Yes. And that is a factor in the, the show. But it's like, it was only believed by right-wing conspiracy nuts. And yeah. It's like, no, the ending of Watchmen... It throws it all into question. Is like, ooh, will that fuck the whole thing up? Yeah. If they know it was planned. Anyway, separate point. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's not good. Tooth Fairy's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the, the, dust, the dust should have. Um... These kids deserve a better class of family movie. 
Are you going to give it to them? And I'm going to give it to them. You're going to give it to them? Yeah. I don't know what yet. I've got nothing on the the pipeline that's vaguely suitable. Um, But yeah. Oh, and also Dwayne the Johnson gets dusted at the end of the film as well. Yes. Julie Andrews goes, well, you can't remember that you were a tooth fairy, so we're going to dust you now. Yeah. Surely he would unlearn everything Everything. he's learned. (laughs) Yeah. Because the whole point is that this experience has changed him. So if he doesn't remember the experience, he's going to be the same fucking person. Yeah, after he's been rehypnolled. Like, wouldn't it be great if the ending was... We pan out of the domestic scene, haha, laughing with the kids, playing in the backyard or mm. whatever. And then um, the kid like smashes a potted plant. And Dwayne Johnson's like, what the fuck? And the, <laughs> wi- the wife goes, whoa, what? He's like, I had a bad day, okay? And like, oh my God, he's unlearned everything that the film taught him. That'd be a great ending. Just a nihilistic, bleak <laughs> ending of the film. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I think that's everything there is to say about it, right? So you, you did not enjoy did, did not enjoy it no is there anything to say about like the film itself about like how it's made or... not really I mean it's it's middle of the road factory churned yeah family comedy I think I, was, I think I was like looking though. up like the cinematographer and the editor and the director while we were watching right. I was just like I just wonder if they've done like anything yeah and I don't think they have I don't know who any of them are to be no. fair so I don't know who the director is or no exactly yeah yeah, yeah and I, I don't think it's not a film where you need to is it you don't you know care about who the filmmakers are with something like that no yeah but no just like watching it it's like this just it's got that like horrible flat lighting where everything is just white yeah it's it's a a normal hollywood family movie like that's what passes for normal yeah hollywood it's different now it's it not like the, yeah now. there's a higher quality of filmmaking but also they've all got to be black yeah t- the t- so, the teeth fairy would be uh yeah, like the can- the Candyman. Well, like at least it's you can be nostalgic for that element of it. There's none of that in it. Mm. It, it is just a, fa- a bad, a good old fashioned bad film. Yeah, that's bad because of its quality, not because of its politics. With a minority lead who is there because people liked him rather than yeah, because he was a wrestler. Yeah, because he was a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that um, wrestling charisma completely absent from Tooth Fairy. I was really waiting for the moment where he knocks Mr. Tooth out and does the rock. Eyebrow raise. Yeah, none of that. Nothing like Which, that. Which, like, okay. He's trying to kind of... Come yeah, like like he's him. trying to differentiate him as a wrestler from him as an actor. Yeah. Which has worked. Like, now that we know... Now it has, yeah. It's worked. He is, he is a different person. He is no longer Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He is just Dwayne Johnson. Indeed. But, yeah, no... no um, the People's Eyebrow. No... That's what it was called. Yeah, The People's Eyebrow. People's eyebrow. Yeah. No, no, none of that. No, like, showmanship. Yeah. It's just so dry. And he can't do it. Like, he might be better now. But that's the like, thing. He's, he, he's good in Jumanji. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's managed to get that charisma to read on screen a lot better. Yeah. Over the years. But, like, I mean, wrestling, the whole reason The Rock is popular is because he's, like, a very charismatic personality. Yeah. They said when they did Fighting With My Family and they had, like, an hour to film the WWE stuff or whatever, yeah. they got him to hype up the crowd and he just, like, went straight back into it. Like, yeah. he knew... He's obviously he does have that energy about him, doesn't yeah. he? He's good to manage, but that's not. He hasn't cracked it yet here. It's just awkward and stilted. And it does one of the, another thing that I hate with any film. Really, it's when they enter this new fantastical realm mm. and they adjust to it like that. Yeah, they don't think. Oh my god, they don't freak out. Am I dreaming? Am I hallucinating? Yeah, I know. There's only so much you can do with that before it gets. Even though realistically that would be the case, mm. it would get tiresome watching it constantly. Yeah, I know it's a family film, so he's got to get used to it sharpish. Yeah, but still, a bit of 
I'm sleeping. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. And or freaking out, or rather than just like he's quipping with Stephen Merchant. That's the thing. There is and a like, bit of that. There is a little bit of that. A little bit, but and he's then, instantly making jokes, and you're like, you've really adjusted to this. No, whole he does. New... He does adjust. Quickly. Yeah, yeah. There is a little bit of that. I'll yeah. give it some credit. But yeah, yeah, within like a minute or two, he's going just. He's yeah, him and Stephen Merchant. He's like, oh, you want to fucking fight me, you fairy? Yeah, and get your fairy hands off me. He's like, well, you're rolling with this much better than yeah. I would. Yes, exactly. A psychotic break. You know? <laughs> Um, so we do not recommend. We don't recommend her theory. Fairy. There are better children. Mary Poppins. Let's recommend Mary Poppins. <laughs> okay. Oh, so the uh, the contrivance failed us. Did it? That got me to the point where I'm like, let's watch Tooth Fairy. Did we think it was going to be good? I don't know. I, I I wasn't expecting it to be good. I wasn't expecting it to be like, oh, upon re- reassessment, it's a hidden gem. No. Um, Neglected. Yeah. Of oh, we'll history. just wrote it off because The Rock wasn't The Rock yeah, yet. Yeah. But if you go back, it's actually like... Oh, no, I mean, given credit for that, it was pretty much exactly what I expected it to be. Yeah. It wasn't any worse or better. I guess I just hoped it was, It wouldn't be as just utterly bland and boring Yeah, it, it would have been, been nice if it was worse. Yeah. More to kind of laugh at or... Yeah. But no. But that's the thing, with films like that, like, well, at least it's got Stephen Merchant. But he's not even doing the Stephen Merchant thing, really. Yeah. He, other than looking like a freak. <laughs> Should we leave it there? Yeah. Leave it on that Okay, note. yeah. So we recommend Nightmare Alley. Yes. We do not recommend Tooth Fairy. We recommend adult conversations about race and other issues. And we don't know where we stand on Whoopi Goldberg's suspension. No, I think you you got me to the point. Okay. Of, of, uh, Be consistent. Well, you, you do it with... You don't sack her, and, but then you make it clear that you don't sack anybody else either. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's it. Okay. So there you go. Something was that we learned things. Today I learned. <laughs> I'll leave it there. Okay. All right then. So we will see you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye bye.